Yes, I can hear you now. Sorry, okay. my bad. I had a, <laughs> I have a, the other another routing for IN music with my speakers back then, and it was on. So you were not on my headphones. You were on the. Uh, I see. Um, how are you? <laughs> not bad. Not bad. How are you? Well, I finally, finally tested negative for the first time this morning, just before we recorded. And that's wow. How long is that? Ten days. Yeah, it takes ten days. What can wow. I tell you? But yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm lucky. I felt fine mostly throughout. So, I mean, um, this is an episode of bugs because you also had your own, right, or something. Yeah, I have never felt so just <laughs> empty <laughs> my, oh my whole God, life. Really? Yeah, man, I was so I've never felt so tired, and it was like ten days of just feeling like and not But, being able to talk. Oh, what? Yeah, like if I talked for more than ten or fifteen minutes, my voice would just sort of evaporate. How did you, were, were you already sick when you were in Medellin or, or not? Was the last like day I was feeling not great. Um, and I just thought, oh, I've, you know, I've just pushed it too hard. And then when I, by the time we got to the airport, I was like, this is not good. And then, yeah, it floored me. God. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, Here brace, we brace, brace, you know, because yeah. uh, bugs, bugs, <laughs> chaos, 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 inflation. Uh, I don't know. What a world. <laughs> Well, where we're at, man, I just realized that obviously I forgot to uh, call in the little sounds that I need to use usually for the, <clears throat> I don't know if I can, uh, they're not going to come up, right? Uh, this one. See, it's not the right one. It's like, <laughs> like that one. That's <laughs> yeah. a nice way to start. That, 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 that works, right? That works, but it's absolutely not the one I wanted. Give me a second. Um, I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. That's much better. There That's much go. better. That's much you're better. You need luck, I tell you. You're right. <laughs> well, yeah. So, power me if my voice is still a little bit taken. I think that's the only yeah. my only symptom. I think it was a runny nose and a little bit of a hoarse voice. That's about it. I got very lucky with COVID um, uh, because I have a few friends of mine who are got it this week, and they're not doing great. <laughs> Yeah. Some of them are like in bed and whatever. So it's really the the a lottery uh, in terms of uh, what you what you get, right? Like, what you get, whatever. what variant you get, how you're feeling beforehand. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason at the moment, but yeah, it is. Um, I feel like I have wearing a few masks. Who, who, who came from uh, Japan um, during the, the past uh, five six weeks that I've met here in in, in London. Uh, one came and after two days he got COVID. Oh no! <laughs> and. Uh, And uh, for them, it's like science fiction because, you know, the country, because it's still shut and they're managing pretty well. I mean, I think they have the lowest death rate or something or whatever. I forgot wow. something like that. So uh, for them, it's like a bit science fiction that basically Europe or the U.S. is just not caring about it anymore. <laughs> and uh, they're like, are you crazy? I'm like, uh, no, it's just life. But I don't know what, man, I, I, I don't think we will ever know what was the best thing to, to be done. No, I was going to say the same thing. I don't think anybody's got it right. We're just getting yeah. on with it now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, we're paying the price. So, guys, hi. Uh, where's the intro music for Gen Kenai? Here it is. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, you can see COVID uh, mushed my mind, so I'm late about everything. There you go. So, hi, everybody. We were supposed to record last week. Um last Wednesday and uh, well on Monday uh, so 10 days ago I got tested positive and as a precaution I told Alex you know you know what let's not do Wednesday because I might be really sick and let's not do this I could have in the end but you know what's better that I 
took a, a rest anyway. So um, yeah, we're we're back. We're back after a very successful episode with Mark. That was quite. Uh, that was such a great conversation. And that book, if you haven't read it yet, go grab it. It's out. Absolutely. It comes out in the U.S. I think in two weeks. Yes, we uh, are the. We're recording this the 23rd of June 2022, which means, uh, yeah, two weeks, and also which means it should be released uh, later today. So you're going to get it. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, you know what? We reached that point again when I'm unable to track all the comments and mentions and people sending us stuff. Because we we also had probably, at least when I'm looking at the numbers, a lot of new listeners because it's a very successful episode so thank you mark also for promoting it and uh and I'm, i'm reaching that point where it's impossible to mention everyone and simply also simply to answer everyone so if if you send us emails or messages and and we don't reply don't take it personally it's just that we we have too many i know it's a it's a nice problem to have perhaps but i don't want to hire a pa to do that so really f forgive us if we don't but overwhelming uh, oh, i'm going to be able to say that word overwhelmingly uh, <laughs> positive people oh, really sure. really love the episode and our interaction so see we, we can talk about cities and other stuff and people still like it that's good that's good we can uh, we can deviate from time to time when you have someone like mark who is uh, such a enthusiast of, of of travel not just not just air travel but travel in general and exploration and new experiences it's it's hard not to be uh, caught up in that in that uh, joy And obviously, a lot of comments about me never having been to Canada. And my God, the slack I got. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Mathieu was also taking, I mean, a lot of, of, of our very long-time listeners, but others were all like mocking me. I'll be going at some point. I know I will be. <laughs> I need to think otherwise. I did I literally did offend an entire country right there. Thank you, Mark, for pointing that out. I think people were probably more surprised than anything with someone who's as traveled as you are and not having yeah. the, the, the gravitational pull of Canada has somehow eluded you thus far. You have eluded it. Yeah. I'll, 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 no, plus, I mean, honestly, it looks, uh, I mean, Montreal and Vancouver, um, even Toronto. I, these are all yeah. cities I cool really want to go. Calgary. So it's not... You know, it's again, I think it's one of these, I'm sure you have that on your list of countries you've never been. There are countries that you're, you, you say, yeah, I'll go anywhere at some point. Yes. And I'm sorry to say that about Canada, guys, <laughs> my friends from Canada. I'm not here telling you that it's not a challenge to go to you, but it's like, I know I will go. And so when I had the opportunity to go to, let's say, when I went for the first time to Pakistan a few years ago, it was like, yeah, yeah, of course, because I'm like, maybe I will never have the opportunity again, you know? And that's the thing where, obviously, then you, you, you delay the more traditional... Did I just call Canada traditional? Maybe you guys are not traditional. I'm really I, sorry. No, I think it's exactly the same as exploring your own backyard, isn't it? You're like, I can do that anytime. And then you just never get around to doing it until someone comes to visit you. It feels or like or when you suddenly have a, a global pandemic, because I discovered yeah. London and <laughs> my backyard around the, the south of England uh, during COVID, actually. You know, it was that was the very big plus. I, I can actually now say that I live in the UK. Before, I would say I live in London. Mm -hmm. And even that, some parts of London were like, uh, yeah, well, they're in London on the map, but I've never been to them. Right. Uh, so now, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not happy that we had a global pandemic. Uh, so Japan is still closed uh, because mm -hmm. I got a lot of messages about, Paul, Japan opened up, Paul, Japan opened up, you can go. I'm like, mm, not exactly, <laughs> not exactly. So you need to register to an accredited travel 
agent or agency, obviously, uh, fill a lot of paperwork, go to a group tour, which will be supervised. The chaperone of the tour will uh, test you every morning, to take your temperature every lunchtime. You have assigned seats when you get into a restaurant and you're not allowed to switch seats with anyone else. It's a bit complicated, and uh, only 300 people actually signed up for the scheme so far. Um, so that's less than a, what? Less than a triple seven going to yeah. Japan. Um, let me before that, uh, before COVID, there was 90,000 people a day. So it's uh, it's not really opened. No, it's not. I mean, if you, if you go to a group tour, let us know. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to learn about the group tour. I'm not a group. Are you a group tour person? I am not a group tour person. I've, I'm just not. And <laughs> I think they're useful and wonderful things. But uh, yeah, not, not my jam at all. And I think yeah. uh, it doesn't feel like a great way to experience Japan. Unfortunately, I, I'm especially if you've been there before, I think it would be an yeah, absolutely infuriating uh, exactly. experience. I, I fully agree. I fully, I fully agree. Uh, agree with you. Japan fall whenever. I don't know. Honestly, uh, right now, I, I, I kind of gave up. I'm not going to travel during the summer, probably because of the chaos. We'll get to that. I think you've experienced a little bit of it very recently. Easy rolling his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Uh, <clears throat> so... Yeah, it, it was due that I got COVID. Thank God you, you haven't had it yet. Uh, again, I'm, I'm lottery. Some of our friends are, are, are having it really bad. Some uh, didn't. Um, I went, you know what? I went to a wine fair, a golf tournament, and a download festival uh, three, uh, like in a single week. So obviously it was due to happen. You really <laughs> and 100,000 people shouting and singing and uh, being so happy to being there at a music festival was probably due i mean that was a calculation i was like i'm pretty much sure i was telling a friend who works at lake i was like she was telling me oh do you want to come to the opening of the gallery i'm like you know what it's next week i probably have covid because i'm going to a huge music festival and of course like clockwork on monday morning (laughs) (laughs) positive Uh, (laughs) the reason i mentioned dollar festival there's two First, because I'm, I'm, I'm there uh, on, I think it was the second day, or was it Sunday? I forgot. And uh, I'm in this, they call it RIP, because it's a VIP, but obviously it's a rocking piece now. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And uh, this dude comes to me, he has a Stetson and all in black. I mean, black obviously is the main color in that festival. It's a heavy metal festival. And comes and says... Uh, Something like, um, you uh, you don't know me, but I know you. I want to thank you so much for layovers. And like, no what? And, uh, <laughs> I had a brain freeze. So it's, it's called Mark, because obviously I asked his name. Uh, Mark, I had a brain freeze for probably like a good 90 seconds. And I probably was, I don't even remember what I was telling you, because it never happens to me that somebody recognized me out of the blue. Um, I don't even know how he, you recognized me, Mark. Was it simply because... I think I put a few, of course, Instagram stories, so maybe realized it was there, but it wasn't like, how? <laughs> but that was really cool. It was super nice. He said, I think, at least four times that the show was brilliant. So thank you very much, Mark. I, I, I wow. really appreciate that. That's a, what a that's, wonderful that's a, moment that must have been. You had that You had that in Mexico, no? I've had, yeah, a few times Remember? where people have come like, pretty much the same thing. You don't know me, but I know you. And that's it's it's I, I really appreciate people taking the time to do that because it's sometimes you forget that there are other people listening and it's not just you yes. and me having a conversation yes. so i love hearing about it uh, you know and where you're going and you know what kind of airplane you're going on and all so that. that's my issue because i so we talked about music because probably my, i had yeah, a brain freeze so i didn't know what to say so it was like a bit probably even in my face i must have been maybe not the most uh not the warmest Paul you've met because it was like, what, what's going on here? And uh, 
So first, I mean, Mark, you're you're man of my heart because you went to see Iron Maiden like me and Megadeth like me. Uh, Miles Kennedy, I know you went to the. I know I'm losing people that talk about aviation. I went to to Biffy Clyro, and that was probably the, one of the best concert, the best live gigs I've ever seen. Man, every single every single drum beat was reflected and translated with lights on massive oh, screens wow. you and me that you know we love playing with the screens behind us when we do our stage presence there was one of the most baffling thing i think i, I sat listening to this band for the first 20 minutes my friend christophe who went uh, with me uh it was like paul are you okay i'm like i've never seen anything like this it's like the best like it's, I don't know what they did. Like literally every single chord of their guitar was linked to some type of light and some type. It was just, man, I wish we could do that on stage. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah I was I just mean, wow. Holy sweet, actually. <laughs> holy cow. Uh, by the way, another, uh, I didn't meet him, but he, he sent me a message on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, Ian, hi, my name is Ian on Insta. He said, I'm, I'm, I met Simon, so the singer of uh, Biffy Clyro. I met Simon at the airport as he was in line behind me at security. Insanely nice guy. So, yeah, there you go. So, that's you know, you a, that's always refreshing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, because I'm, I'm more like, don't meet your heroes. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't like heroes, but you know what I mean? Like people that really love their music. I'm like, I'd rather not know if the guy is an asshole. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, totally. Right? Totally. So, and the other reason I want to talk about, uh, of course, uh, download is, and, and hence you said, when you meet people that listen to the show, we, you talk about airlines. I realized that we didn't talk about airports or airlines or anything about, like, anything that, you know, is linked to us. Mark, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and we had an airport right there. So... Download Festival happens on Donington Park. They have obviously the, um, a circuit, a racing circuit. I think some Formula One was happening back in the day. And there's the airport, East Midlands Airport. Have you ever been to that airport? I have not. A friend of mine ran it for a while. What? Yeah. Um, friend of my, a friend of the family's, yeah. Um, but I've never, I don't think, ever flown in or out of there. Yeah, so they fly, there's... I can tell you because so we we were doing glamping so we you know the nice stands you know really 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 well done you know I mean we paid the price for it but really really well done. The thing is that you have that's that was not written anywhere. You have an alarm clock called Ryanair because Ryanair leaves at five thirty in the morning oh. and at five thirty because we're literally next to the runway uh, when they are probably uh, twenty seconds off the runway. So you hear. <laughs> <laughs> roaring 738 of Ryanair that that's your alarm clock the first you and I uh, probably <laughs> would appreciate that maybe not everybody <laughs> I liked it actually yeah yeah what, what? Uh, and I've, I've spotted Jet 2 Tui um, uh, there was a 747 DHL uh, mm. so probably because I've seen there's like a massive Amazon fulfillment centers so yeah probably at night a, if I wake up in the middle of the night and get back get back to sleep I open flight radar and you see a lot of the kind of old metro liners and cargo conversions they're all going from somewhere in europe to east midlands yeah it seems so like a I, really big yeah cargo it's uh actually it's I, I was thinking so birmingham is not really far that's another mm -hmm. airport so east midlands is what is, is is it for what's the other city that could be because it's not like a big city next to is it maybe leicester i'm not sure what other airport it serves because you're right birmingham has Birmingham's got a big oh, airport. Yeah, it's got, Emirates flies there. So yeah, Emirates flies. I mean, it's the second bigger. Bi biggest city in, in the country, so it's not surprising. But um, I think East Midlands, maybe Leeds as well. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the point, I I, re I saw one airline that I had never heard about, so I want to quiz you if, you if you know them. You probably know them because you know everything, and I don't. <laughs> Blue Island. 
Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. See, he knows uh, about them. Uh, um, when you go to places like, uh, you know, in the Eastern Europe, or sometimes in Spain too, you see them as well. They're charter okay, airlines. So I didn't know. It was an ATR, an ATR 72500, I think, mm -hmm. that was uh, leaving, um, that I saw it only once, right? Um, but yeah, so interesting airline um, I'd, I'd never heard about. So usually we, we, I see, we see these kind of airlines we never heard about more in some random airport in Asia or in yeah. the Middle East or probably you when you're going to tell us because the episode of the, the, the airport of the day is Medellin, of, of course, that you, you've been. So maybe you've spotted some stuff that is very, very foreign to us. Didn't expect to see one in the middle of the Midlands, um, Blue Islands. So there you go. I think that one was going to Jersey. It was a really small hop, I guess. Yeah, it's. I think the only reason why I know about these things is because I've got my little ADSB thing, and when I every now and then I pull them up, I'm like, "What the hell is that? <laughs> who who oh, are you, and where are you going, and why?" <laughs> I was talking I was about that. I'm jumping back and forth with the dates, but I was uh, doing some gardening when we had the jubilee. We had so the Queen celebration for uh, 70 years of reign. And um, I was doing some gardening, completely oblivious that that day was supposed to be the, the big uh, tripping of the colors, so the, all the, the, the planes were flying over London. And suddenly I hear this huge noise. I'm like, the hell is going on? And there was like three Hercules, like literally above my house. Oh, like, honestly, I've never seen planes that close in my part of London. And, and I see quite a, quite a bit here. And it was like that. And of course, I didn't have my phone because I was doing some gardening. So I was, I ran to try to take my phone to take a picture and it was too late already. And then followed by uh, Airbus 400M, so the military version of the, that was pretty insane. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, so cool. I watched it on TV. And that's the thing. I didn't realize it was that day. For some reason, I thought it was the following it? day. So I missed it everything. Oh, it was nice, right? That's so cool. Yeah, it was in a very impressive flyover kept going on and on and on and you could see them like all lined up like to the like in essex like north uh northeast of of london just all running in these circuits in the order in which they were to come over and then all of a sudden they broke away <laughs> oh, yeah it was that's very amazing. cool very cool it's hard to beat that's amazing man i mean but that noise and you know again and i'm not in military planes as you guys know but i mean that noise these are i think these because of course I, I track them on on plane finder i'm a plane finder user myself but i i, I think these are the newer a newer version of hercules not the mm. one for the 50s it was one that was done probably i think 20 years ago um and especially for the raf although oh. the the americans have them as well but but, but super you know they have the same look right the, 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 the your traditional look that you see yeah. even including in the movies i mean this plane is everywhere it's such and, an but, iconic but, airplane but the noise the mm. noise <laughs> Compared to that, the air, the the A four hundred M looked like a, a three fifty. It was doing no noise at all. Obviously, really shows though what the, what they've done in terms of turboprop uh, yeah. technology to make them so so much quieter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a deafening noise. <laughs> oh, and oh, I forgot about when I was because obviously they're always going to be morons in, in this life. You talked about influencers yourself um, when you went to Dubai. So I, I, I doubt, well, I'm sure there were some influencers at that festival, but obviously even though there were like signs everywhere, two dudes, I say dudes, could be dudettes, uh, decided to fly drones and they had to uh, close East Midland airports. <laughs> airports, sorry. For <laughs> like there was literally, you know, and I didn't think um, that's, that shows how... Uh, my brain wasn't functioning well, uh, maybe maybe because Mark of your brain freeze. 
we were seeing all these no drone signs, and for some reason I said, yeah, because you don't want the privacy of people like us in the tents. No, no, it mainly it was because we have an airport next door, yeah. and you you're, you are in the vicinity of an airport. You're not yeah. supposed to take a drone off. People enjoying the uh, peripheral activities of a festival plus a drone is not going to end well, and an airport. And they closed it. So there you go. Uh, I, don't, I, I didn't follow up the story, so I don't even know if they tracked down the people. But anyway, uh, since we're on feedback, because we had the, the feedback from Mark, so again, thank you very much for coming up to me. And yes, I might be going, that was, I think he asked me the question during my brain freeze, I'll, I'll be going next year. It was really the best festival I ever attended in my life, wow. as it was the most friendly not, I mean, of course, the, 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 the music, everything was great, but I've never seen a festival when it was so friendly people were with their kids and there were families and it was like literally everybody was just super so friendly there was no hiccups no tension no nothing when That's you can amazing. see in some other festivals and <coughs> glastonbury uh and uh <laughs> so yeah amazing anyway uh feedback we had a an amazing 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 uh, review on itunes uh that from fouad roger Five stars from Canada. So you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take it all back now. <laughs> and he says, uh, I tried other shows. I really did. But it wasn't the same. You guys take me to a happy place. When Paul was saying that flying on Virgin felt like going on a holiday. Now, every time I hear Alex, it reminds me of that beautiful September morning in Mexico City at the Four Seasons Hotel and holidays. That's him you met. Yes, and of the course. <laughs> and the Athens attaché that you released a few weeks ago, it reminds me of my childhood when we spend our summers in the Peloponnese and go to Athens to meet friends. Memories, you both make them happen. Love you guys, Fouad Roger. That's wow. really nice. Yeah, right? That's such a kind message. Yeah, and I, yeah, well, I, I remember really, that. Thank I you remember, so much. I can picture that moment in Mexico City like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really cool. That's a, that's a lovely thing to hear. Yeah, thank yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And 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 I, I had no idea, man, that you you, you spent summers in the Peloponnese because I did that as well. So um, we probably maybe even met. There, <laughs> so, yeah. But thank God I was not doing layovers back then, so you didn't go. Oh, I know you, but you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hey, thank you, and guys, thank you very much for all the feedback. I know that some of you have sent as well, like messages on Instagram and on replies on Twitter and. I'm really on Facebook, but I know on Facebook there's stuff as well. So thank you, thank you so much. We, I'll try to get to all of you, and if I don't, please insist. And um, and always thank you as well for leaving reviews. Um, that's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, um, we don't ask for them, but that's when we read stuff like that, it makes us really happy, honestly. So thank you. We are we are um, um, number one in Ukraine. Um, are so we? Thank you as well. I don't know if we provide uh, people in Ukraine during the, the war you're experiencing any type of solace or because you cannot fly, but uh, thank you. I don't know what else to say, but yeah. thank you so much Gosh. for putting us one in Ukraine <laughs> and on wow. iTunes, um, Apple Podcast rankings. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I you couldn't come to the the book launch of Mark, which happened on June 1st in Marlebone here in London at Downs, the, the, the bookstore. That was great. And we did um, a little, uh, so Mark and his partner, Mark, <laughs> organized a, a little party afterwards and uh, we were so, uh, a, a group of us. And man, 
you should have been there. I cannot say anything that's been said there uh, because uh, there was a lot of people, of course, working in the field. Uh, the stories and the stories. I will stay in mum, but the stories you have. We have to to do uh, a reunion with Mark and you one of these days to hear the the stories uh, in flight and in airports and some of oh, the I stuff they imagine. think it's amazing. It's I can better. imagine. Oh yeah, I was respect. so disappointed to miss it. Yeah, and I'm disappointed because I could have met Megan, and obviously you didn't show up. I was like. <laughs> I was like, like, yeah, finally I'm going to meet Megan. And no. <laughs> yes, like, he no was way. disappointed too. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Um, <laughs> so let's start with chaos. Chaos, chaos, chaos. I mean, brace, brace, brace. It's, it's pretty insane. Uh, it's all over Europe, in the US. I guess it's not in Japan because the country is close. But I mean, a lot of countries are reporting, a lot of airports are reporting like issues. Like it's just, it's just crazy. So maybe... Before we go into the reasons and the whys, can you? I know you've just been to Spain, I think, mm -hmm. for a small holiday. I think it was Valencia and Madrid, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Can you tell us uh, first the trip? Was it nice? And what type of chaos, if any, did you experience? I mean, I, yeah. So we flew from Heathrow to Madrid. I I, I went in fully expecting T five to be chaotic, um, and. I even left earlier than I I do I do ordinarily, which you know, which is what six hours. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, traffic was like you know I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but traffic in the in the London area and on the motorways has gotten so bad lately. And it turns out, because I was like, why does this keep happening? There aren't enough employees on road clearance teams on police to to take care of them in a, in a so it, it's there's a theme emerging. Yeah. Yeah here um <clears throat> i think the flight was at like one in the afternoon or something maybe a bit later but um t5 was 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 okay it wasn't there was no particular craziness and security was fine the lounge was the the, the first lounge in ba was was busy okay. um and actually the way that we came in because i was like oh pod parking that's the best Park, parking at the moment because it's it's uh cheaper um it but it's close to the airport and the pods are kind of fun and i was like i'm very sure megan hasn't done this before so parked in the pod parking place um which is you you could throw a stone and hit t5 from it okay and get there and it says due to essential maintenance the pods are no longer functioning <laughs> no longer oh that <laughs> well uh. I, I, I think it's i think it's temporary but but or actually you know what i should say it's indefinite because they didn't say between the date of X and Y. It was just like for, for. So we waited forever for a bus to get there. The bus drops you at the very bottom floor of T5, yeah. which is clear across the terminal from the first wing. Yep. So we take the elevator up to departures, which is on the fifth floor. And I'm looking at, t at the first wing and there's people milling around. I mean, like, that's a big terminal by any measurement and i'm looking kind of with my terrible eyesight it looks pretty busy down there and i look in front of me and the premium um security lane is empty there's literally nobody there and i was like mm, i we're just gonna go through there uh yeah. and l there was like nobody nobody at the at the e-gate to let you into security nobody at security not a single person straight through and that dumps you out on the very north side of the terminal, so by yep. the gallery's north lounge, 
It was very, very busy in oh, in T five. Oh, still busy, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know what it is, and I and I took me way too long to figure this out. A lot of American schools are, are finished already for the summer. They do tend to finish much, much earlier, uh, earlier than this. So London is full of Americans, uh, and therefore the airport is full of Americans. They're going off to either home or they're going off somewhere else in, in Europe. But So we just walked the length of the terminal, kind of dodging in and out of people to to the first lounge. Because the, the Galleries North Lounge, because I was feeling particularly lazy, I was like, why don't we just go in there? <laughs> heaving. Absolutely Heaving. Uh, and, and the first lounge was busy as well. We managed to get the seats. What's interesting about about the BA first lounge now is they have resumed a buffet buffet style service of food, as well as the scan order on the menu deal as well. So may I ask you because I so guys I'll do my trip to Pakistan as a single episode, probably the next one or follow up one, which is what we don't do. But I, I flew from with Qatar Airways before they retransferred back to T4. It was at T5. And I had that, but it was not... So at, at the first lounge, it was not the full length of the buffet as it used to. It was a little bit at the beginning, yep. and then they had put seats everywhere else. Yep. Is that still the case? It's still the case. Um, okay. And the food, actually, it was it was pretty good. It was um, hot and cold kind of salad items, and then there was a, nice. a build-your-own-burger station. I was about to ask that. I've seen that online. Oh, dear. Wow. still there. Which How I nice. didn't, didn't partake in, but I thought that was a nice idea. That's and then a, a reasonably robust meal... Uh, ordering system which they've had since b- the beginning of covid where you scan the qr code and that yeah. all works well and then more and more self-service i think everything except actually no you can pour your own alcohol in some in some, uh, some of it yeah. anyway i was about so, to say when i went and it was before you uh you could already i mean you still had the signs that said no bar service mm-hmm. yet everybody was going to the bar and some people were pouring themselves so it's uh it seems that it's like in actuality, we're back to what it used to be. Yeah. Although you still have the option, like you said, to do the QR uh, code to order. Yeah. yeah, and then you can order sort of mixed drinks and hot food, uh, yeah. more hot food. And you know, it was, it felt uh, like the food has been improved uh, in the lounges lately. So that was uh, that was that. Are was, you comparing to what you experienced during the pandemic? Yeah, so, which maybe uh, isn't yeah. fair. I can't. I, to be completely honest, I cannot remember what it was like before the pandemic. If it was, I don't think it was anything to write home about. But it felt. I think when you have, a, a, not to put the food hat on, but when you have cold food items like that, it's easier to not be crap. Um, yeah. 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 Well, clearly. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah, no, that, that that bit was good. But then I was glancing at the um, at the departure board, going, "We don't have a gate. We 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 don't have a gate." And then I googled it. <laughs> I googled the flight number because it wasn't on the app. It wasn't on the departure board. And it's like, oh, it's a twenty-two. It's like, well, why why does Google know this before? Actually, you know, I use um, I use uh, either Flighty or Tripit does it as well. They all um, there was another one up in the air, and uh, I forgot this. I a word wallet. They they all trigger very much faster than the the airport itself. I think I always wonder, especially at Heathrow, I always wonder: is it because they want you to spend more time at buying stuff the at the shops? You know, like not clogging and being just 
I don't know. I'm saying maybe it's totally, I have no idea, but it's true that you have to wait until they give you the gate on the boards like 30 minutes before yeah. boarding. Whereas some of these apps, I get a notification, oh, it's be whatever. And it's earlier. It may be traffic yeah. management. I think because, especially in the A gates, which are predominantly short haul, the turnover is quick. When we actually got to the gate, there was a the old BEA uh, retrojet sat there, and I was no like, way. "That's that's, nice. that's cool." Yeah. Look, non interested wife in this, and, this <laughs> um, and, then, ah. um, and but I was like, "That's not our plane, though," because I've checked on flight radar, and that of course that plane disappears, oh. and then then uh, ours comes in, and that uh, and it was. That's when I knew, okay, we're going to be a little bit delayed here. Yeah. But, but you know, the one thing that I was reminded of on this trip is how I really appreciate BA going back to group boarding. Not group one, two, three, like they do in a lot of the outports, which I'll come to in a minute. But it's like, okay, group one, now group two, or groups one and two, now groups yeah. one, two, and three. Because otherwise, everybody at BA has status. You know, Megan took one yeah, long flight. Yeah, we always said that, especially at Ethro. Yeah, at Ethro, everybody has stated. Everybody does, and so yeah. it, it's it's it doesn't make for a smooth boarding process. No, there's like like three, literally like three three quarters of the of the of the the, the of the flight, like basically seventy five percent of the flight enters with the status, and then yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense, and, and and I think it's it's inefficient. But also, I mean, if you're if you're trying to reward your most valuable customers with a feeling of exclusivity and status, yeah. it's not a good way to way of doing I it. So, but you know, it, it, it's fine, and and we boarded. We were in in, in economy, um, and yeah, you know, you've done the Madrid flight. A billion times just like i have yeah. it's 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 relatively straightforward it was the first time i'd been to madrid in about two and a half years but we went last week when it was unbelievably hot across western europe here in the uk and in spain and i'd forgot yeah, we had a heat wave yet. yeah i mean it was like i think on the day that i landed in in madrid it was like 42 in madrid and 38 in london yeah, and you come across that plane to to P L A I N to um, to land in Madrid, and you've the the things that I'd forgotten about Madrid is that it's massive, it's surrounded by nothing. There's yeah. like not a lot around it, and you're on True. a plane, and so P L A I N, and so that heat that's coming off those things, you get some bumps, you get you get a pretty fun ride coming into Madrid on a hot day, just like you do in Las Vegas. But we had. One of those things where, because it was hot, we sat in ground effect over the runway. And then all of a sudden, the plane's like, I am gravity. Boom. <laughs> really hard. And, you, you know, your feelings pop down a little bit. But, um, And I've forgot, also forgotten how, how big that airport is and the random airplanes and airlines you get. And then how much I hate that airport. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you land it a 4S? So the yes. That, oh, that my thing God. plays. <laughs> it's like it's the thing is like 20 miles apart from the main airport oh my god oh, it's 20 miles apart from the main airport the signage is confusing it was really quiet we, uh, we landed i think three three or four o'clock local actually we're late because we had a creeping delay on the ground because of, of per oh you want it here okay <laughs> i will tell you why we were delayed <laughs> Because the captain came on very apologetic and said, um, 
we are late because there wasn't a gate crew to board you. Oh, there you go. There aren't enough gate crews to handle the number of flights that we have going. He was very candid. And I have to give BA credit because, and this is a recurring theme, the captain uh, or the flight deck crew, I can't remember who did the talking, polite, honest, sincere. The cabin crew were fantastic, kind, efficient, genuinely smiling. It was a water and a snack thing and then you go onto the wi-fi and buy a drink and they bring it to you 30 seconds later smiles and face you know i just it it just was a reminder that not all is is broken at ba there's something still alive in the husk of the airline that was ba at least operationally um (laughs) The Amatriot, I forgot, like I'd forgotten, and, and there was a lot of Latin American airlines lined up, and Megan was like, "Oh, I'd seen that one before." And I'm like, man, I haven't seen that, and like Latam and Lan and all those guys like lined up because, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. they get a lot of traffic, um, and Avianca as well, and then of course the 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 you take the train from 4s to the to main airport and the rest of it was 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 pretty easy we ended up taking an uber in because just of where we were staying because the the metro goes right into madrid airport and it's a f- yep. fantastic service it's cheap it's Absolutely. it's cool um i think our uber driver has been a little bit disappointed with this year's formula one season because he was um trying to qualify himself uh, <laughs> which <laughs> was fun but yeah anyway madrid was madrid was great we actually took the train because we were staying right near Atocha station. So right Uh near the Prado and all of that from Valencia, it's hour and 35 minutes um, because they've just introduced in 2018, this new high speed service in Spain. High speed. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. Like all the seats feel like airline business class seats. It was two hours late. I don't blame them. There was a transformer exploded in the heat somewhere in the approach to Valencia they handled it well. They were kind. We all kind of were. Everybody who was waiting in the area was best friends by the end of it. I got there and all of that. And then Valencia, never been. Amazing. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Never been. Yeah, it's a nice city. Strongly yeah. recommend it. A lot. Uh, really, really impressive city. And on our second... We only there for two nights. Our second day, so the day before we were due to leave, I get an email from BA. Your flight's been canceled. <laughs> Obviously, and I was like, "Are you effing kidding me?" That so that was three of my last four BA flights have been canceled. The Athens was Athens was canceled out. Athens was canceled coming back. Back, yeah. uh, and so we got to Madrid, and then the one back from Valencia was canceled. And I was like, "Okay, well that I know I had to do this now," but they automatically rebooked me on a flight because so our flight was supposed to leave at nine ten p.m. Valencia time. So we had the whole day. I was like, I booked it like that on purpose. And they booked us on a, on a, on a flight to Malaga (laughs) that around the same time, maybe like nine o'clock. Look, you're going south, man. To Malaga. Yeah. Okay. And then a seven and a half hour overnight in Malaga airport (laughs) before catching a a. 6am flight home to 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 Heathrow and I was like no first of all (laughs) secondly 
is really is that really the best option? And then I and I had a closer look at it, and because I sent you the picture. Yeah, uh, the, the airline was also an airline I had never heard about. I had never heard of it either, and I I could not. It was I was like somebody's pranking me. This has got to be. <laughs> this is this is a joke because it was okay. Mel Air, so you, I didn't know your wife had f- started an airline. Yep. Mel Air for Air Nostrum as Iberia. <laughs> so one airline on behalf of another airline on behalf of another airline. I think it's, you know, it's the cascading wet leases that, had, that are happening right now. Yeah. I think that's, that's, what it's, what's, that's what it is. And I, like you, had never heard of Mel Air. And my, I heard of Air Nostrum. <laughs> they operate a lot of the, um, the yeah. ATRs on the really, really short routes. Yeah. Never heard of Mel Air. They are a Maltese company <laughs> um, that, oh. that have okay. three airplanes, three ATR-42s, um, who must be making a killing on this whole wet lease thing. And I was like, you know what? That's not going to happen. So I called the the BA number and the guy, again, so nice, so kind, so friendly. He's like, mm, well, this is dumb. This He's like, there's a Finnair flight. Well, there's a, there's a BA flight at uh, 11.30 a.m. that day. I mean, I know it cuts your time short in Valencia, but it's a direct flight home. Do you want me to just put you on that? And I, and I was like, yeah. and he said i have no idea why the system thought that was the best option for you he's like but then he said but to be completely honest with you for two weeks it wasn't doing anything it wasn't putting people on any flights it was just telling their flight had been canceled our ai is so smart (laughs) and and, people are random flight flight. and 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 he was so kind he took care of it really quickly and he's like he's like hey man um this is pretty funny, but you, I am exactly four days older than you oh. because I had to go through, uh, yeah, I had to go through all question. the security questions. And he's like, Oh, no way. And so we had a conversation about like what it's like to be a Leo. And he's like, what are you doing for your birthday? While he was waiting for the system to generate the new thing, just That's cool. conversational, solve the problem. Really, really nice guy. That's nice. Yeah. And so from a service perspective, it was great. They put us on the air, Finnair flight. And I was like, actually, so, sorry. When you when you called, did you call the specific the gold line? I called the gold line, which yeah. the number is revealed in the app when you're logged in as a gold card. I got whole. Yeah. I got through in uh, once I'd gone through all of the messages that they give you about blah 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 yeah. blah blah. I think maybe fifteen seconds. Oh yeah, no. Usually that line is 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 good. And they picked I mean, up the phone, and the guy took care, resolved the issue in five minutes. Good. Okay. Um, upgraded us to business class because that's all there oh. was left yeah nice and what did you mention finnair was it a, is it a finnair metal it's finnair wetly so finnair yeah. metal finnair cabin crew and flight deck crew and there was this i got a little twinge of excitement uh for that because i was like oh finnair short haul i don't know if i've ever done that before i have but it was an a350 so that doesn't really count yeah i remember we we talked about it yeah and and that was great and i thought oh you know what these guys are pretty good so um Valencia Airport is like many of the uh, the Spanish cities. They're sort of cookie cutter airports, open, airy, modern, well run, efficient. Not too many bells and whistles. There, there's a single lounge that caters to everything. Everything, like so many. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't busy. It was fine. It's one of those beautiful airports with 
two, three story high floor to ceiling windows. So you get a nice view of the apron. There is the uh, really strange abandoned 747, 200. Oh, from a abandoned? Abandoned. It's been abandoned since 2008. And it has racked up 200 million euros in fines. The airline like, uh, parking fine. Parking it, exactly. The dude comes every day and adds another, adds another one. Another one. The whole window. thing's covered in these yellow envelopes. <laughs> Two hundred million. No one's taking it. So the parts are useless because it's an ancient airplane, and it just sits there. But did you did you did, uh, uh, did you read? Did you look it up? Do you know oh, who it belongs to? It's like some lesser that got, you know, that disappeared or something. A, it was a cargo company that was oh, cargo. Yeah. Um, bit off more than they can chew and then when the when the economy um took a dump in 2008 they just walked away from it and it's been sat there ever since that's crazy so it just sits there it sits there on the other side of the airfield with the uh with the cargo and remember if you pay within 14 days you can get half you price get half, yeah only 100 billion <laughs> euros to get rid of that thing <laughs> so that, oh, that kept God. me busy um Oh wow! I forgot about it. because I've been to Valencia Airport and I'm trying. But some, you know what? Maybe it was before. Yeah, it was before 2008 as well. Yeah. Otherwise, I would clearly recall that. Because I was like, okay. oh wow, that's oh. a, that's cool. Uh, who operates 747 200s? I was like, first of all, it's a, I thought it was a 300, because mm -hmm. who operates 200s anymore? And then I looked it up and I was like, because I never heard of the airline, and I looked it up and there's oh, it's still painted, so you can still, still see painted, it faded. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that was that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, we, the Finnair plane came in from London late, um, which is, which is fine. We were having a nice, uh, yamon sandwich in the, in the, in the waiting area as one does. And it came in, it was A321, pretty, pretty new, not a Neo though. And so they boarded us, but it was like, okay, groups one, two, and three, <laughs> like all these like stampede of people because there were a lot of people obviously that had that had been in the same situation as us and like adopted you. for the yeah, yeah. earlier flight and so we we got on there go through and then they sit on the jet bridge and sit on the jet bridge and sit on the jet bridge and sit on the bed for maybe and it's like 33 degrees out <sighs> glass windows and it's sort of like you're all starting to uh to de cook to, yeah to cook yeah exactly <laughs> okay and it doesn't really matter why I can I don't even know what the what the issue was but we get on board a very similar situation to to BA and then in business they just block off the middle seat yeah yeah that's what they do in Europe right which is yeah. which is fine yeah it's fine yeah but it was an excellent experience um the yeah. the crew were were friendly they they were in their finair regalia but they kept you know on behalf of on behalf of on behalf of behalf of the food was outstanding menu card three main course options um oh, wow. and they're all dough and co i don't like for, for it's not a long flight it's two, two, i mean two, two uh, we, we said repeatedly yeah. that in europe business is never going to be a yeah. long flight but still that's cool i was uh, like this is weird. And I thought, oh, this must be Finnair service. No, but it was all BA printed cards, all BA. Oh, nice. And I, I really gave the crew credit because they were trying to work with meals and beverages and procedures that were not their own. 
Yeah. So on the on the menu card, it had the Speedbird Lager, and that's what Megan ordered. And the, the the woman was like looking for it, and she's like, I don't know if it's. And I was like, No, it's the blue one. And we had a laugh about it and a conversation about the beer and everything like that. But they were so friendly and kind, and came back through the cabin, multiple drink services, multiple runs with the bread basket. It was just. I, and I don't know if that was just Finnair or if it if it's a refreshed version of BA, but it was really good. I've heard I've heard I've read some some reports that BA is making an effort in the front, uh, but maybe so maybe that's that. It, yeah, I don't know. It it felt maybe it was the combination of kind of the Finnair customer service attitude and a BA um, product, but it was it was it was really good. All three options, main course options, looked really good. Um, so yeah, it was, it was impressive. The only thing that I think maybe was a little disappointing for me and maybe everybody else on the airplane is that they didn't tell anybody that we weren't going to T5. Oh, which, 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 which one did you end up arriving at? So we landed, uh, we had to, we did a very long, uh, route out over, uh, not a hole, but just a, like, they're like, can you just, we're not ready for you. Can you piss off for a little bit <laughs> all the way down to Farnborough or out, out West of Farnborough yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then back again and join the queue. Cause I think they just switched the runways and that is yeah. what it is. We landed and then we pulled in that main channel between mm-hmm. T3 and T5 and the, at the base of the tower, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, okay, because we got to cut across and then come to our... And I, I was like, to Megan, I was like, I bet we'll bring it up, be on a bus stand. And that's fine. I know it's what it is. I don't really care. And then we just... We just sat. We just sat in that spot. Come. Between T3 and T5. And we sat, and we sat, and we sat, and we sat. And the captain comes on and is like, hey, everybody, really sorry to keep your seatbelts on, but um, there's somebody in our in our parking spot. It won't be a f- it's going to be a few minutes. Don't worry about it, um, but please stay seated. Um, and 5, 10, 15 minutes go by. He comes back on. He's like, hey, so uh, our parking spot is free, but somebody just took it. And it's going to be another 40, oh, 45 God. minutes. <laughs> oh, God. So really? they turned off the seatbelt signs and everybody could use the restroom. And then eventually they come back on and we pull, we start going towards the southerly runway. Yeah. And then we turn left. And I, and that's mm-hmm. like at the, like right before we turn left, I'm like, if we turn left, we're going to T3. And we did, we turn left and we went in, you know, those two, there's two little parking spots that you can see from the cafe first lounge. It's yep. just a weird little cul-de-sac. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. we parked next to a Air France plane who was obviously lost as well. <laughs> and, uh, and and eventually, you know, they got off and walked in. T3 was, um, last time I'd been through T3, the queue had been for immigration had been back up that ramp. That, and it, yeah. There, no, no queue at all. Like no, maybe, good. we were there that. through in five minutes, but I thought, um, all the people on this airplane have maybe have got people waiting for them at T their taxis are waiting for them at T five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and of course, and of course, and maybe, I mean, the Finnair crew wouldn't know to tell people, Hey, we're going to no. Yeah. We're going to T3 and not T5. I mean, it's an easy solution. You just jump on the Heathrow Express. It's free. But you and I know that. 
Yeah, most people won't. Most, yeah. you know, most people won't. Of course, the signs are only in, in, in English. And I could, you could tell by the guy, I mean, the, the Finns, I'm casting with, painting with brown strokes here, are generally, you know, quite a dry people. A very dry sense of... Watch out, watch, watch your mouth. Watch your, very, you know this better than anybody. You all are, you know. <laughs> um, you could tell that the captain was really, he's like, this in the airport man yeah. <laughs> maybe i'll have to come here once or twice a month i'm having to come here four times a day now <laughs> but it was did you did so had you had you checked some luggage in or no mercifully you, we had we had uh, yeah mercifully, because you've heard yeah. when we came out of immigration and down into the baggage claim area underneath it was pandemonium <laughs> i have never it's seen crazy, more yeah. people in that space in my life It's crazy. It was a disaster. And was it that day that you sent me the Yeah. So they so they were massive I think it was T two, however, the picture I, I found online. There were there, there there were so many luggages backlog of luggages that basically they were starting to put all the luggage in front of like there's a patio is not the right word. So like land side. Yeah. The whole patio where you go between the between the when you basically when you exit, they were putting like I don't know, thousands of luggage <laughs> and uh, basically telling people to ah, go home. We'll call you to collect it, or we'll try to send it via, I guess, a cab or whatever. So no, it's it, it, these these stories have been recurring at T five, a T three, a T two. T four just reopened like last week, so we haven't heard stories yet. But yeah, no, it's a disaster. It is. A you don't want basically. You don't want to be checking in luggage, which it's. it's I mean, for a trip like yours, it's it's fine. But if you go to where, for instance, when you go to the U.S., you don't really have a choice. I mean, you're going for like a month or whatever, so you kind of need to check in. Yeah, I think I would do anything to avoid. I mean, it's getting to the point now where. And it's not just sort of anecdotal stories in the in the news. I, you know, three of my last four flights, where I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to risk it. I mean, I'm trying to. I liked Valencia so much that I messaged Greg, who is in Vietnam and Australia right now. He's in Australia right now, the best. Yeah, because after Vietnam, oh my god. I mean, he's in Melbourne. I recognized the the street he was on. He put an Instagram story. Of, like yeah, I've been there like four years. And I'm, of course, I'm. Fa I want to know everything. I want to know who he flew on. I want to know what it was like and all of that. But I said to Greg, like, I I liked Valencia so much. Let's go and do an episode there before I go Are to America. Sure? So we're like, okay, let's make it happen. And I was like, okay, great. I'll just search for the flight on the day I, oh, BA have canceled all their flights to, to Valencia on that day. So, and of course there's three people doing it now. I think Ryanair, EasyJet and Voiling. And the the fares have gone, gone through the roof. Um, was it, I think it was you who said that yesterday or the day before yesterday, Heathrow asked all of the airlines Yeah, on Monday. Monday. Uh, so we Thursday today. So Monday, because uh, Matt Matt Drinkwater, who I mentioned or, uh, often, because he, like me, used to live in Japan, and like me, is waiting for Japan to reopen. Um, he's he was going to Frankfurt to be with Lufthansa, and uh, he's going there in the. He was in the early hours of Monday. You know, like these very early flights of Lufthansa that I used to do myself. Uh, I would avoid Frankfurt, but that, for him that was a destination. It was so bad. So of course his flight got cancelled. Uh, there were all, backlog of cancellations. So there were people that had been cancelled before that were already put on the following flights. So there was basically, and at the same time, Ethro asked required 
for T2 and T3 that day, they said, we're asking all airlines to reduce their operations by 10%. So basically, you, you know, depends on your operation, but maybe for Lufthansa, that represents about two flights or, or whatever, or three flights. So <laughs> that was like this cascade. He ended up leaving the airport because there was no way he would be able to leave. Leaving the airport, he went to Frankfurt by train. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, like he went to, I think, um, Paris with the Eurostar and then caught uh, one of the German I trains, I see, yeah. whatever, to Frankfurt. Uh, and because like you and me, when we travel for work, you know, we're going for a reason. There's no like, oh, it's holidays and I'm going to delay my, my trip by two days. Like he literally had to be in Frankfurt for work the next morning. He said, I don't have a choice. There's nothing. I was looking when he was talking to me. I was looking, oh, you could maybe do Swiss, but they were all full. Yeah. Because, you know, with the backlog of the dominoes of early cancellations and people were put on the next day, the next day, the next day, ended up there was no flights. And so Heathrow, on, on, on top of that, asks airlines to reduce operations. Yes. I mean, <laughs> and Gatwick is doing the same. Um, yeah. They, they yeah, I have a lot of notes about a lot of notes. I've taken like, uh, there's, uh, because there's, like you said, it's staffing, but it's staffing the crew, it's staffing, so even pilots, it's staffing uh, ground handling, yep, it's staffing uh, security. But it's also ATC. Uh, um, so at uh, Gatwick, uh, because of, these are notes I've taken over the, the past uh, few weeks, um, the, so Gatwick typically handles around 52 movements per hour, so departures, arrivals on, on the runway, uh, and the number had to be reduced to 22 what? because there was not enough ATC. 22 from 52 to 22. So it's, there's bottlenecks everywhere. If it's not like ground handling that uh, doesn't, you know, there's no one to pick up your luggage. or And that happened to me when I came back from, uh, I'll tell you the story next time, but from Pakistan, Qatar Airways, uh, we sat 88 minutes oh, on the ground God. because there was no gate. And then the luggage were not was not, I mean, it was like, you know, it's... Uh, it, it, like there's cascading effects of all this. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, so and let's yeah, be let's uh, be real. Heathrow was never the slickest yeah. operation in the world. No. Before this, well, let's say it was always tense. It felt that he was like always, yeah, like on the brink, or everything could be falling down, and that's why it's also admirable because they were able to to run an operation with, you remember when it was like a 99 capacity, mm. this airport and everything, when it was working, it's almost, it's not, it's, it's both a miracle, but also like a feat that those guys were able to, yeah. to run it like clockwork with such yeah, tension yeah, yeah. in the oh, system. Absolutely. Now it's broken it's, because there's not enough people. Yeah. There's just no way, even if you are less people traveling, we're still of course below 2019 numbers. Uh, it's it's just not happening. And the thing, I mean, it's it's bad in the UK, but it's bad in other yeah, airports yeah. as well. Amsterdam, especially. Amsterdam. Is, is it, I think earlier this week, Brussels said there were no flights, none, yes. zero operating none. because zero. they just didn't have, um, they didn't have enough people to handle. I think there was, uh, I think there were demonstrations, like it was not a strike like we have currently in the UK with the trains, but I think about demonstrations. But the security staff was planning to demonstrate that there was no security at the airport, though they had to shut down the airport. Something like that, yeah. I read, which is crazy. So and, uh, Amsterdam was, was the craziest for me because there, there's been stories about six-hour queues for like weeks and weeks. It was really, which was surprising because I always thought Amsterdam was one yeah. of the mess. I don't especially enjoy that airport. 
like you guys know, I don't especially enjoy KLM either. <laughs> That's an understatement. But they're very well run. Yes. Uh, they're very efficient. Well, it, it seems that he was breaking, breaking down because it was six, seven hours to get into airports. Not every day, obviously. Here we're talking about the peaks. And to the point that Amsterdam and KLM decided, I think it was two weeks ago, no, 10 days ago, maybe, they said, you know what? We're going to reset the network. So for a full weekend, we're not going to fly anyone. We're going to ask all the KLM flights to come back empty. So no passengers and no luggage. Imagine you're somewhere and you're supposed to fly. They say, no, no, we're flying empty because we need to reset the network. So they fly everything back to kind of restart on Monday morning as if, you know, the backlog doesn't exist. It kind of didn't work because, of course, queues were still back on because it's still a domino effect. And you still have to kind of ferry the people back yeah. home, even though some of them might have taken other airlines to because yours was canceled. So it's 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 really bad. I mean, it's like uh, Lufthansa canceled God knows how many air, uh, flights for the for the summer, as BA did, as EasyJet did, as the only airline that is not having any issues, right? Yeah, it was just, yeah, uh, Ryanair. You know what? Ryanair, I, I said that, Back in when we were starting emerging from the our pandemic uh, pause, I was saying that uh, Ryanair was probably the best run airline before because it didn't really require any help from the government during the pandemic. They were able to sustain this. Well, now they're they're staffed. They they run pretty much like they always did. Mm -hmm. they, they have no issue because also let's. Stansted, which is one of the main base of operation, is running pretty fine actually. Yeah. So you're wondering, uh, it's it's. There's still differences. It's not every airline in every airport. But. No, I th and as you say, because they're not, uh, I mean, they obviously have a pretty significant operation at Gatwick. It's nothing compared to what they have at, uh, at Stansted and Luton, places like that, where, as you say, they're not, they haven't been nearly as affected. I and mean, they're not nearly at the mercy of uh, third parties as, uh, yeah. as they are. But also, also, let's be the, uh, so, British Airways said the other day that they have more than 3,000 potential recruits that are stuck in the background checks, you know, the security checks that they need to have because there's a huge backlog because everybody's hiring at the same time, I guess, not only BA. So even though they, first of all, they're having issues finding staff because some staff left the, the industry completely yeah. because they lost their jobs during the pandemic. Some of them are not coming back. There's Brexit, meaning that some people that were European, they left and they're not coming back. Um, there's, um, and there's, there's, let's be honest with BA, they kind of took the opportunity to restructure. They did. They fired like 10,000 people or 12,000 people. Yeah. I mean, maybe parts of them were justified. I'm not here, to, but... Obviously, and they also reduce, you remember, the terms of conditions that the contracts are not as good as they used to. So they're now trying to fight a war of talent war by probably not being also the most attractive of them all. So no, and now there's a, there's a global war yeah. for talent. Shorty. And I think that you, you, they're trying to attract people. And that's not just BA. It's no, most service-facing. But, but BA, meaning, I, I was pointing out BA because it did that restructuration yeah, yeah. during the pandemic with new contracts. Yeah. It doesn't help but them now. Exactly, because they're trying to get people industry. back on the same terms as pre-pandemic. And now it's a job seekers market, at least in, in, a, in a lot of industries. And I think that they're feeling the pinch. And you, you said to me yesterday, the day before yesterday, and I think you're absolutely right, that this is going to go on for well over a, a year. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure it's a year and a half, yeah, two years. I think so too. I think so too. I mean, you just look at the, I think at the, the binge, depth of the problems. I think we'll feel the pinch during the summer because summer is very busy in terms of because of the holiday makers because of people wanting to go to to Spain and Portugal and Italy and Greece and whatever. Mm -hmm. So they will will hear more about it, and it's true that maybe the fall when schools back on. You will hear less about it for a while, but I think the, the issues are 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 structural. Yeah. It's not just the summer. It's not just post pandemic. There's a lot of stuff that is uh, that is going on at the same time. To the only thing that is big, the big unknown is we are clearly entering a recession. Mm -hmm. There's just no way out. I think you know. I think uh, what six times out of nine when we were. When we, not we, you and me, Alex, we're not <laughs> responsible. But when governments are trying to fend off inflation by raising interest rates, which is the one of the only ways to do it, six times out of nine we enter the recession out because of that. Oh, yeah. So it's not; it's just almost logical that that it would happen. Yeah. So that the, the only question I have in the back of my head is that if we enter a recession, it's bad. Maybe it won't be bad. Maybe it would be like a little recession. I hope so. Touch wood. It also means that some people might not be taking holidays. Yeah. They have to, you know, reduce their. I mean, we've seen the cost of energy that's all over Europe, obviously. Um, that that you know cuts on your budget, family budget. Maybe you'll have to take different choices. Yeah. So I, I don't know no, where I think you're we're right. going with all this. I mean, I'm just I don't know what what you're saying, but it was with my kind of cursory glances, anecdotally anyway, the fares are so. Uh, High at the moment, man. Man, we, we always work with our minds are connected because I was th I, I'm exactly what I was thinking. I've seen. You remember what during the pandemic, a lot of people, including ourselves, were like, "What will fares do? Will they go down because will people, you know, airlines will have to attract again uh, passengers and reassure them?" Now the question is settled. I they are skyrocketing yeah, the fare. It's insane, especially on long haul. I mean, I've I. Um, for California, I'm not going to tell you how oh. much Mel is paying to go to Portland this next yeah, week. Yeah, North just America like, is insane. I've never had to pay this much to go to the U.S. You know, Jet, JetBlue. Remember, mm. I took JetBlue. I did, we did an episode, and I, and I said back back when I did, I said one of the reasons besides it was a great airline and I got a great um, experience and everything. It was cheaper than the competitions and Delta, United, BA, American, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, now it still is, but it's crazy. I mean, I go to New York. I think with in business class, which the the, the, the trip I did, instead of three thousand, I think it reaches like four or five, wow. which means that a United or a Delta, which were four or five, are now at seven and eight thousand mm -hmm. <laughs> to uh, to go. I mean, I know we know that is talking about New York, it's one of the most profitable routes because of the business aspect and because corporates pay for it. But still, the, the prices, and it's not only, we're talking here about, you know, uh, low cost is rising as well. The US, the prices are rising all across the board. I think Ed Bastian said that he expects a rise at least 30% all across the board in, within the US. So that that matters because that's part, of, of course, that's part of the inflation, but it's also part of, can I take a holiday yeah. Me, maybe I'll be fine, hopefully. But can I take a holiday now that I have to pay everything more, that the wages might not be following, and even... And the, the cost of living, as you say, is, more. is, you know... I don't know. Do, people don't have that room in their budget anymore. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because they cannot lean on business anymore because it's it still hasn't not recovered yet, from pre-pandemic no, levels. No. I have a lot of friends of mine working in very big corporations. You know, the usual... That used to be these road warriors... 
uh, flying for doing a lot of sales, especially in sales departments. I mean, they're, they're flying again, but it all telling me that we're never going to probably fly the same. I mean, I always have a cautious about that word, never. You say that, and then one day <laughs> it happens right, right. anyway. But for the moment, at least it's not happening. It's not happening. We, we, uh, we have a lot of listeners, actually, that are these type, or used to be these type of road warriors, and they're not. They're, they're, they're telling me, they're sending me, I'm talking about LA Flyer, uh, on mm -hmm. LA Flyer on, on, on Twitter, who lives obviously in LA. <laughs> Was uh, telling me he was flying amount crazy amounts like all around like Asia etc. He's not because a lot of the stuff is still not happening, and uh, so yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's it's, it's, uh, it's very hard to read. It is hard to read. It's it I, right. No idea what's going to happen. Everything seems very tentative at the moment. Um, you yeah. know, plans or the airlines that have been historically good value, especially when you're booking two or three months in advance, are no longer. No, they're not. Um, and that's at a macro they're level, not. it will be very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, because you're right. I think people, yeah. are, the first thing or one of the first things that will go when there's a recession and when inflation is driving prices up and wages aren't matching is leisure. Yeah. Although I, I, somebody said I was listening to the radio LBC the other day. Somebody from the travel industry, of course, I don't remember who it was exactly, but said that at least in Britain, so at least British people, one of the last thing mm -hmm. they do is cancel summer holidays. You know what? And that they will they will probably not go to restaurants and not do leisure, other types of leisure first, but they will want to do their summer holidays with the kids yeah and i can understand that right. of course i can understand they make sacrifices uh, uh, everywhere to make those happen but yeah it, i it doesn't feel like a very optimistic time for air travel <laughs> no i mean i think i mean i will be fine it, uh, it's true that we're seeing the effects of because again I, uh, we, we talked about amsterdam Heathrow, but manchester is a disaster dublin dublin is a disaster mm -hmm. as well uh, dublin actually put out a message uh, i think because what, that's one of the things you said yourself when you were describing what you the travel you just did to to Madrid, that oh you came earlier than usual just to make sure right and now so airports are saying please come super early but now they're saying please don't come too early either so I think uh, Dublin was especially they said uh, come between two and a half three and a half hours early but not four because if you're too early we're going to put you in a in a basically they're going to put you in a parking lot standing there with your luggage and not allow you to get into the airport. Right. So, and, and that comes back to what we, we were saying. Can they not tell us more dynamically, like, what is the situation today at, let's say, Ethro T2? Instead of me and you having to kind of... Yeah, exactly. feel today? Yeah. I don't know. Like, they, tell, they all tell us. I mean, when I went to Bastia, so Corsica, I don't think I'll do it today, but when I went to, to Corsica... I got, I don't know how many, I mean, kudos, EasyJet was great, but they, I, God knows how many messages I got from EasyJet telling me to come early, to be prepared, to have all my documents, and to be super early, super early, super early. I'm like, but what does that mean, mm -hmm. to be super early? By the way, I took the first possible train at 4.30 in the morning to arrive at 5.10 for a flight that was at 7.30 or something like that, right? And, uh, and that was good, by the way. And, and to, but you don't know what it means no. early. No. 
No, you're right. I think there's got to be some intelligence wrapped around it. So people, so, I mean, they're trying to avoid crowded airports, long security lines, all yes. of that stuff. Um, but we also, as, as the traveling public, need to have a little bit of visibility into, as you say, what does early yeah. mean? I mean, it, it's funny because yeah. Delta, and maybe you, you're going to mention this at some point, Delta have now put time limits on their lounges. Because they and they said oh, literally said we are not a WeWork, <laughs> so they don't, the three hour limits um, now. Well, it's good on their lounges three hours. because they're just getting even you and me were we are early, but three hours is good enough. Yeah, right? three hours in the lounge. Yeah, I mean, come on, I mean, but but all that still is stuff we would never have heard before, which means there is there are issues. People are coming way too early. But because not are their fault. No, no, it's, no. I, I cannot just like, oh, you don't know how to travel. I mean, if I hear all these stories, me too. I'm going to go the super <laughs> the earliest possible time to not have any exactly issue. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and more so, I mean, long haul, imagine when, I mean, it's already kind of opening, but imagine when Asia goes mm-hmm. back full opening and they still, because Asia will, I believe, require, you know, COVID documents for much longer than, you know, the U.S. just stopped, thank God, the, pre- the, the mm-hmm. pre-test to go to the U.S. And, I mean, the U.K. has had nothing uh, for a while. Europe is also, I mean, I went to Bastia. So, you know, now that because of Brexit, we were not part of Europe. We're a third party. I experienced entering into France as a third party country. You had to fill down this form online, the EU, whatever, PLF. So, I guess, a locator form. And they never checked it. No, they they didn't really seem to care that I did it, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe since it was digital, so maybe since it was online, maybe the airline has a checkbox because this dude did it, and that's how they say they don't even check it physically. But I mean, I when Asia, again, not when, if, because uh, they already open, when it expands, they are checking all these documents. So you add this other layer of having to be early because not only there's going to be staffing issues and you know, yeah. <laughs> you want to maybe check your luggage and there's like queues for five hours, but there's going to be the, on maybe top, they still have to kind of check those, those documents. It's, 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 I don't think we're going to be out of this <laughs> super that super yeah. fast, to be honest. Uh, no, me you. neither. Uh, and and uh, on top of that, they're like we're talking about strikes. Um, I mean, we have the train strike here, which uh, it is what it is. Uh, EasyJet, uh, the cruise base in Spain, are declaring strike for nine days in July. That's going to cost. I mean, but that's the yeah, other that's thing okay. because wages are not cutting up, and everything is becoming more expensive. I think we'll. Welcome back to the 70s. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see some of these things happening uh, more. Uh, there's been, I mean, we said Brussels Airport had issues. I, I think we'll, that's going to compound the issue of, uh, I think Italy, were not the ATCs or something, they were on strike the other day. Oh, I forgot. Anyway, it's, it's yeah. Season rest. <laughs> you know, I, I, we were talking about this on, off, of course, no, not when we were recording. Um I'm supposed to, I think it's going to be canceled, but I was supposed to go into Gdansk, so north of um, Poland, for work. And uh, because I was like, what am I supposed to do? I cannot go to by train like Matt just did to Frankfurt to, to Gdansk. There's just no way. It's really far. I mean, I could, but I mean, it takes me like, a, like two, three days. And I was like, I ended up booking two separate routes. I think you're very wise. 
And one with, uh, one is Lufthansa and the other one is, I think, BA. I did, uh, yeah. So just to say, like, at least there's like a, a, fall, a, a fallback option yeah. and I've got to get reimbursed the other because I took, of course, I mean, I paid for it. I took like some more, um, what do you call that? Uh, full Oh, full yeah. Flight. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, you're right. Because you want to be reimbursed because if you've got to be not- there. Notably, BA, as without notice, they stopped this uh, book with confidence. Mm-hmm. You remember? I think it's like uh, three weeks ago, the one day to the other. So Book with Confidence guys was one of these schemes that were put in place during COVID who basically, don't worry, book anything you want, you'll be guaranteed to be reimbursed or being able to switch it to another, for another route. That doesn't exist. It's back to normal time. So unless you have a full flex, basically you're going to have to pay a fee to get uh, a penalty. So yeah. I don't know what else. I have to book twice. Well, they're gonna. Ha- I mean, they're gonna have to reinstate this if this summer is going to be as disastrous as everybody's yeah. predicting it is. Because it's it, it's not. Or they're going to have to pay a lot of EU two sixty one compensation. Yeah, have you seen that our, our magnificent uh, quick scheme uh, seller? Uh, that's our uh, um, secretary of transportation, whatever the used to sell quick scheme, get rich, get rich scheme, whatever back in the day. What a what a what a CV to become a, a minister of this government. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's planning to do a new system of uh, of uh, refunds. He wants that the UK has a automatic refunds in you know, like the trains in the UK. If your train is cancelled, you get automatically a refund, which on that part could sound great because you don't have to fight for it. But if you look the fine print, is basically removing a lot of the eu directives yeah. obviously so yeah I yeah i was not just skeptical of that as soon as i heard it even whispered yeah. that it was going to be a yeah. possibility i mean at the end of the day if you fly from or to the eu i think you still have some protection because you, yeah, so you are at the end exactly. of the day because we're next to the eu there's not going to change a lot unless you go i don't know london to inverness or whatever right mm-hmm. so uh, uh there's a, a so you, at your um, during your magnificent attaché, you do not all episodes. I know you get a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. You do the the McDonald's, yes. the most reliable uh, index. I didn't know that there is another index called the Pret Index, oh. which is run by Bloomberg. And uh, interestingly, um, the the highest they've ever been is Heathrow and Gatwick and Newton. Which could tend actually to show that people are so delayed that they spend their time at Pret. I tell you what, <laughs> the Pret and Heat at T five has always got is always the busiest eatery by far. People love it, and 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 I realized uh, going to Bastia at that ungodly early hours that the Weatherspoons at uh, Gatwick South Terminal yeah. is full with people having beers at five a.m. Absolutely believe it. It's crazy. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, so you were talking about, that's why I asked you about Finner, because I read uh, only yesterday that uh, Finner is basically printing money. So what Finner is doing is said, oh, BA needs a lot of aircraft of wet leases. Uh, and let's let's be blunt about it. The main reason is also Brexit, because they cannot fi- find enough people. So BA has already uh, put their short haul base in Spain. In, uh, they moved their base in Spain so to have access to more staff. 
uh, via IAG, obviously. And now, uh, so the uh, BA, EasyJet, and TUI, the three airlines here in the UK, they're all using wet leases, but BA is one of the, the biggest ones because they don't have enough staff. So this wet lease is basically you get everything in one package. You get an aircraft, you get the staff, in one package and and Finnair found this uh, great business model because Finnair basically has uh, lending all their flights all their aircraft sorry and crew to to BA and then they're doing their own weight leases in Finnair for their own network at a much cheaper price because they can have so it's kind of this cascading so your experience in 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 Valencia that you didn't end up doing we're going to see it more and more maybe because you'll have <laughs> when you want to fly I don't know, maybe one day BA will lend their own aircraft to AA. Yeah. So you're going to fly AA, ended up in, in uh, BA, which is Finnair, which is the other. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's, out of, <laughs> it's unreal. It. I mean, the, the, if you have a, what are they, ACMI, that's the, the yeah. label for these wet leasing companies. If you have one of those right now, oh, you are, as you say, printing money because they are. I look on Aflot radar open and running, and I'm like, oh, that's an easy jet flight, but that's not an easy jet airplane often like and all of these tiny little airlines with three four five six airplanes from all over europe maltese uh you know a lot of a lot of uh spanish so it's it's yeah it's very strange and I, in in my case with finnair it was actually a positive but i don't know what it'd be like to fl- to show up to a ba flight and go on some military transport yeah no yeah and i've <laughs> <laughs> like an Hercules, <laughs> and I had, uh, I had, I know it's a first world problem, but I had a few friends of mine who, because of these as well, got uh, downgraded. You fly to the U.S. and they say, "Oh, well, sorry, the only room we have is in economy for two, for today, so take it or leave it." And um, I, again, first world problem. But if you pay, <laughs> like we just the, yeah. the, the amounts of money that we just mentioned, I hope you don't have to fight to get reimbursed because uh, I don't want to pay like four thousand, five thousand, six thousand no. to get stuck in a middle seat on United. And I think right? that's an. I mean, <laughs> regarding reimbursements, I know that the backlog for EU two sixty one. For BA, I don't know about any other any other airlines, but it is months, 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 like you months try? and months and months. Did you get reimbursed from no. Athens? Or God, not? No, yeah. <laughs> no. And now I have to do it again because our our Finnair flight is, or the BA flight that became Finnair yeah. is is EU two sixty one um, eligible. Protected, yeah. Ah, I don't know, man. It sounds um. So I mean. Look, we're not here saying to you guys that you should not fly. We, we all should. And uh, it's not a dig, by the way. I don't think the staff, the existing staff has anything. The, the poor, actually, the, the, poor, the, poor, the poor people working currently at, uh, 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 at both air, airports and airlines. I mean, the, the shit oh, they must be part of my friends. They must be going from passengers. And it's not their it's fault. It's not their fault at all. Uh, it mostly not their fault. I mean, you have limited, they probably even pushed to their limits in terms of how many uh, turns you have to do per day, how many uh, the, 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 what's being asked yeah. of them is 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 big. The pressure, and again with a disgruntled disgruntled uh, passenger. I mean, not all of no. all of us are uh, assholes when we talk. To yeah, them. But, but I mean, yeah. probably tensions are rising. They high, need right? like infinite patience from us because, as you say, it's not their fault, but they're the ones having to no, deal it's with. Not their it. fault. No, it's, it's it's really not. It's really not. Um, yeah, and I've, because I've heard these stories as well in the U.S., I think at Toronto, Pearson, they, they had to even call in the police 
to do crowd management because the people were getting so angry at delays and whatever. So it's really, uh, I, I guess, like when you live every country and you guys, wherever you live, you hear the stories in your country and you think, oh, we're the worst. It's never been that worse. The thing is, when you ask around, it's literally, I've seen stories in like Charles de Gaulle, um, uh, you know, the new Berlin. Uh, we, we waited for it like 150 <laughs> years to have a new airport in Berlin. And apparently it's already a disaster. The queues are like four hours. There's And the airport, because of the layout, I haven't seen it yet, but because of the layout, which is a bit passe, it's really nice, but it's a bit, bit um, thought as an airport from the 90s, mm. apparently. That's what I've been told. Uh, it's just not made for massive queues. So people are just um, pulled down in very weird queues around blocks in within this thing. And uh, no, it's, so it's everywhere. Uh, I've heard bad stories about Frankfurt, but I mean... You know me, Frankfurt. Obviously, there's bad stories about Frankfurt. What else would you expect? <laughs> Your nemesis. <laughs> uh, so, so in in the US, they're being creative, uh, creative, I guess. Uh, so, American airline is now introducing a new type of aircraft, very, very new type of aircraft. We've never heard about to do like small routes. They're introducing buses. <sighs> So, Alex, you're going from, I don't know, I think it's the in the Philadelphia area they're introducing this. It's called Landline. I think this is a company. I remember hearing about that company in the four four years ago. So, I think it's not AA. The AA Landline, it's, it's just um, some GM joint venture. But so, you arrive at an airport, and instead of doing the, your last little leg with maybe an ATR or an Embraer or whatever, you end up being in a bus. I can't decide how awful that is or if it's kind of genius. Like I, I mean, taking the train from Madrid to Valencia, I was like, oh, this is so the train, much easier. Yeah, but, the train. but then a bus, I mean, I suppose you got to deal with traffic and all of that. I wonder how well that, how that's being received by the traveling public. I don't know. I hope you get your miles and everything, but I don't know. And I'm not sure you have like business seats. Again, we're talking here in the US where people are used to have actual, they call it first, by the way, actual, mm -hmm. you know, different product seats yeah. in the front. I'm not sure the bus has it, but I don't know, by the way. So, but it's not the first time because I know, um, I remember Continental was doing that, uh, maybe even United. Uh, they were they were doing this back, we're talking like 20 years ago or something, so it's not totally new. And in Europe, you have Air France and Lufthansa, but it's not really a route. It's like, you, Alex, want to go to the airport, and we're going to pick yes, you up. Yes, an additional kind of service, thing. yeah. Yeah, it's an additional, exactly. It's no, not getting you to your destination. Here in the US, is. These are actually like three, four-hour rides with a bus. Oh. Guys, if you if you try it, let us know. <laughs> I don't know if it's... Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I still kind of like the idea of, of, of flying, obviously, that I'm not sure I would be very enthralled to be in a bus. I'd rather like, do it on my own and pay for my own bus or for my own yeah. train rather than having... Oof. Though maybe I don't know um, the um, and the other one, the SkyWest, so SkyWest, and we talked uh, now years ago. You remember we have these. The US is a strange market that you know much better than I do, Alex, which has these rules. So you have the the the, the network, the, the, the big airlines, and you have the smaller airlines, and they don't have the same rules applied to them in terms of pilots and crew yeah. and etc. Which is why most of the, you you suddenly transit from. AA to American Eagle yes. or something, right? So SkyWest decided because they have a sh uh, shortage of staff, they said, you know what? We're going to create a new airline. They call it, 
I think, a Skywest charger, if I'm not mistaken. And what they do is that, because apparently when you are on this, this smaller airline, the requirements to, to get uh, certified for a pilot is only, I think, 500 hours, whereas for the big airlines is 1,500. And since they don't have enough pilots, they say, you know what, we're going to create an entirely new airline just to have more mm-hmm. pilots because we can onboard them. I wonder if it's the career. difference between part 135 and part 91, and I'm sure yeah. I Abs- exact, That's exactly that, up, part 135. Yeah, and that's, that's scheduled versus ad hoc. I think ad hoc. I think LA Flyer would be able to tell me that. I should know this, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure that's one. It's a part, part 135. That sounds exactly. sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't... Would you really care if we... I mean, because especially, again, I don't fly enough in domestic in the U.S., but you know, when I was when I did that American Eagle, I wasn't aware it was American Eagle until I basically. Oh yeah, no. The aircraft. I, you, I mean, SkyWest I think does multiple airlines. They they fly routes for multiple airlines, so they'll have some planes in a Delta livery and some in a United. I'm I don't know if that's accurate, but I know that they do that. And then you have all of those little things like Jet Suite X and some of the smaller um, yep. Cape Air people like that. And they, I'm sure they're running on the the different certificates as well and, and always have always have yeah, yeah so i'm exactly. it's an interesting let's see how, how how it works out i i will almost certainly do some short haul flying in the u.s what are you, are you going next <clears throat> yeah and uh, uh two and a bit weeks do you were you flying with? ba to san jose which is a route they've been chopping with uh, wanton abandon lately so i'm not massively confident but I, i'm sure i'll do some Re- domestic or regional travel while I'm there as well. Yeah, when you're there. Yeah, as you always do. We'll try to record when you're there. Maybe we'll record one before you leave. If not, we're going to do uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're there. Um, it's not only the staffing and the issues of our supply chain is not only on the aircraft and airline side. It's only also on the manufacturers. Um, I've read uh, the other week that Airbus has uh, 20 fully built jets, but they don't have engines. And there's no engine coming. So basically, they, they're, they're sitting there waiting for engines. And of course, the customers are waiting for the airplanes <laughs> to be delivered. So the knock-on effect is all over the place. Wow. It's, uh, the, uh, some airlines, I think Lufthansa is reintroducing. They said, no, never. But they're reintroducing the, three, the A340. Yeah. Because they have no choice. Uh, I know that Al Baker is not happy because he has to. He, said, he actually said it. He has to reintroduce the 380. He doesn't want to, but obviously he's fighting with Airbus on the mm-hmm. 350. So he has to make a choice. Man, Albaker, make a choice. <laughs> make a choice. So uh, he's reintroduced, I think, six out of the... How, how many did they have? Ten? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, so the th- you could be able to fly a 380 with Qatar, which I've never done, so maybe I'll, I'll be able to do it. Um, the and, and, and Tim Clark of Emirates is getting very upset about yeah, Boeing. Really is. Because Boeing has, have their own issues. So now the 777X which the problem is at a total standstill. Uh, now it's being delayed to probably, that's what Tim Clark says, end of 2024. <laughs> Remember, he was supposed to get it the first one in, I think, in 2019 or something. So, you know, 2020, end of 2025. And uh, the, the Dreamliner program is also having a lot of issues. They're super late. And uh, he says that, you know, you remember he ordered 30, I think, for Emirates. Uh, and they're also delayed uh, probably now 2023, but he went as far as saying, I'm not sure I'm going to take them. Mm-hmm. I might not even need them. I don't want them. I want, the, I want 
the actual term is used. Uh, uh, he asked Boeing to grow a pair, basically, I think. And to build that 777X, he absolutely needs that 777X as fast as he can. So the only thing he's happy about is the 350. He says, yeah, the 350 is online. is coming on. Yeah, he, I, was, I, I read an article because it's uh, coming up to Farnborough. So there's a lot of... Um a lot of movement yeah. on orders, and one of the things he he keeps saying is to you know to Airbus, you got to make a bigger plane, you got to make a bigger yeah. plane because the you know you, how am I going to take an A three eighties worth of people into a slot controlled airport like Heathrow, San Francisco, yeah. um, with with a plane that's Tim, just Tim, Tim, the aircraft is called the three eighty. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bigger plane. <laughs> but I mean, I think maybe I he's told you, looking. man. I told you we're gonna regret. Airbus is going to regret having had to cut this down. I mean, I know it's the economics are almost not workable, but it works. People are going to look this at this wonderful amazing. airplane called the 747 again and go, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I that's the other one. 747-800, not that many, you know, fewer people than a, ah. than, a, than a 380. But, you know, I think the, <laughs> we're entering a new chapter of the airline industry. Yeah, no, clearly. We have to li- we have to live with our times, Alex. There's no more seven four sevens. The three eighties again. We'll have them for a while because Emirates. We just heard Qatar. They will fly for another 10, oh, 15 sure. years at least. So that's your. I mean, the, the, I think the 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 last three eighty has not yet been delivered to. It's not not yet been flown by Emirates. So it's fine. We're fine. But yeah, I mean, come on. But yeah, Airbus should do like a. So I don't know a, a three fifty two thousand. Yeah, they said Tim Clark said <laughs> the one thousand isn't. It just isn't big enough. Doesn't hold as many people as the. X. Yeah, because the triple seven X, the large version, will be bigger than the. the yeah, so it's. Um, yeah, I know, but reintroduce a three eighty. Airbus. I don't know. Find a way. <laughs> you have it. It's like the one. Everybody I know wants to fly the three eighty if they haven't. Yeah. Like it's like, no matter how ugly, because arguably it is ugly. It just it stands yeah. out. It does. It does. I mean, my favorite cl- aircraft nowadays is the 350. By far, I love it. But, but by the way, it's 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 a kid of the of the 380 because it seems like it's a same plane with just one, they learn yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. They build it the smaller one, but the 380 stays something out of I don't know. It's like science, science fiction. Yeah, it's a Studio Ghibli double decker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway. Uh, have you heard about, and we'll go to your flight to Medellin. Have you heard about Norse, Norse, yeah. uh, N-O-R-S-E, Norse Atlantic They Airlines. are spamming the hell out of me on Instagram. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say. But you know what? They, they seem to be doing the Norwegian thing. So they're, for the moment, you can, you can only fly from Oslo to the US, but they're introducing uh, London in the fall. So the, the, I've looked at the price because I've also been <laughs> completely ad spammed by them. Their price are okay, and they fly uh, Dreamliners since we're talking to the Dreamliners. So, you know, I mean, since Norwegian is almost nowhere to be seen anymore, it yeah, would be nice I'll to have give a, it a little competition. So, a little price pressure is that, very welcome at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know which air terminal they'll fly. We said, uh, I said uh, T, uh, T4 reopened. I've heard they made refurbishment. I know that's an, uh, an, an airport that you, uh, no, a terminal that you know very well, Alex. I don't know what refurbishment means. However, what I know is that Air France AKLM, since you just mentioned Air France being stuck at a, a gate next to you when you were landing back, Air France AKLM are going to stay at T2, uh, which is very bizarre because SkyTeam was going to be broken up now. So I, so Qatar has moved to T4. They were They're, the first yeah. one to move at T4. The, all the others, there's quite a few that there were T4. I don't know what's going on here as well. Do they have actually enough staff to reopen well, exactly. another terminal? That's my biggest question. No, the answer is no. 
<laughs> and good news for us, as I said, I mentioned JetBlue earlier. Uh, so JetBlue has now been given permanent slots at Heathrow. They were temporary. So there's going to be once a day from Heathrow to New York and once a day to Boston. That's great. So two flights. From, and it's going to be twice a day to New York from Gatwick and once a day to Boston from Gatwick. That's that cool. Is cool. That is Very cool. They happy. are such a good airline as you've experienced. So I'm delighted that that was cemented. And in the U.S., uh, you will be experiencing that probably at some point because you fly BA. Uh, BA will move to T8 at JFK. Have you ever been to T8? I yes. Think I have. Mm -hmm. Is it better than T8? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I, I've heard that even T7, I think they're going to knock it I down. I think that's a very fitting end. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that they should do that about T3 here in at Ethro. Uh, I mean, I, I just, uh, we're going to get a new Ethro by 2075. We'll be dead by then. Exactly. Um, Neilman, the, since we're talking JetBlue, the CEO of Breeze yes. now. So Breeze uh, uh, is, is, he, is, are they flying? Mm -hmm. They're flying yeah. already? So that's something you could try when you're in Yeah, they're, they're some Midwest uh, secondary airports at the moment. Well, I mean, discovery yeah. layovers is easy. Research uh, He says that the the two the two twenty three hundred is a game changer, and uh, that's the best airplane he's ever seen. Wow. Uh, and that and all that with more passenger, less fuel, and you will never do anything else again. So, yeah, good. Um, you guys in the US, you'll see more two twenties, which is good. It's a great air, It's a great aircraft. And uh, finally, before we move to your flight to Medellin, um, have you seen, it's not a, f I mean, thank God there was no, no one died, uh, that red oh. air, I never had heard about that. A air, Dominican, about that, right? Dominican? Uh, maybe, the, the, the Dominican yeah, I think it's Dominican. Yeah, maybe. So they, the, the, I think the, the gear, the front gear collapsed on, on landing at uh, Miami International and the plane starting getting, fire mm. so they had to do an evacuation and obviously there's videos and everybody's taking their everybody's yeah. taking their carry-on and i you know, what's amazing about the, <laughs> there's a lot of that's an amazing amazing about that story but the fire crew had water on the flames within two minutes oh which wow. is amazing considering the size of that incredible. airport it's 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 pretty yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. i was you know it's i was thinking that was my first reaction too was these people are filming themselves yeah, taking their bags off. But there were a lot of people who were saying, who were pointing to these articles about how the brain reacts in Trump. It, it yeah, goes yeah, we back talked to about it, remember. Yeah, yeah. it's like seatbelts. Yeah, exactly. You know? Why yeah. do they tell you to have that? Well, because when you're panicked, you... Yeah, you think about, yeah, you do the stuff that you Yeah, know, your brain goes into... In such a, the in yeah, the context. And, I know, no, I know, I fully... We, I think we had an episode where we discussed about yeah. that quite a long and then time. Re, ago. Yeah, re, right. kind of, I was going to say reignited. That's just a poor use of words. But, but for, um, they resurrected this conversation about redesigning yeah. the experience around human behavior as opposed to trying to change human behavior in a crisis. So I doubt anything exactly. will happen. Um, no. If 50 people, if one person had died, maybe. But I don't think anything's Maybe we'd happen. have asked questions, but... The reason I wanted to point it out is because there's a video, so there's multiple videos of this, uh, of course, online, but there's one uh, I shared it the other day on my on my Twitter. And um, what I love about it, because we're talking about how the brain works and how you always do the same things over and over again. So switch it up, it's not the passenger, but <laughs> literally, 
this so there's this guy about to jump off the plane on the evacuation slide and the crew says uh, muchas gracias hasta luego and you're like thank you very much like, come yeah. again <laughs> thank you for flying with us like it's amazing I loved I'm, and I say that with a lot of love I'm, that made me laugh in a good way I was like the dude, you're literally about to, to jump off of a burning plane that is on fire, and the crew tells you, "Muchas gracias, hasta, la, hasta luego." And I love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, thank you for being a, a valued customer. He's uh, fly with us. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, but again, you know what? Again, the guy was probably because he was doing, he was efficient at pushing the people on the slide. I think it, it like exactly what you said. You do what you do. To, that this, this crew was probably doing what he always does when people are leaving the yeah. aircraft. He says, well, thank you very much and see you yeah. soon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, so, 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 man. Uh, talking about, since we're le leading to South America to close off the episode, we have more than 20 minutes. So depending how long you go, we can do something else or not. So tell us. I mean, I, I want to hear everything because I'm very, very jealous of you having been to... Medellin. I remember that's the last thing I know about the story because I didn't ask anything about it to Alex to have the surprise. The only thing I know is that you were not sure which air airline and route yeah. you were about to fly, not a week before. Yeah, it so was. What did you end up doing? Because I had to, I had very specific dates that I was able to go on this trip for a variety of, of, of reasons. And um, about two weeks before the trip, the organizer sent me a message saying, okay, um, we're just, we're, our, our, our airline partner is Air Europa. And I thought, mm, Air Europa, that's a, they're based out of Madrid. And so I looked yeah, at the schedule and I'm like, okay, well, they do do London, Madrid, Madrid, Medellin direct. And I thought, okay, well, that's okay. Because um, the original f flights that I had proposed um, were, London to Bogota, Bogota to Medellin on, on Avianca because they fit in with my my schedule. And then I had a look. I'm like, but they don't run that route on the date that I need uh, from Air, Air Europa. And I waited and I waited. And I told them that as soon as I found out, I said, I can't. I need to go on these dates. And I noticed that Air Europa don't operate that or that route. Yeah. And then the, maybe three days before I was supposed to go, they Avianca tickets arrived that I had initially requested. Nice. And I was, I mean, I was excited for this trip for lots and lots of reasons, but mainly because I'd never been to South America before. So this was the first. Yeah. I didn't realize that we were, I don't know how it came out. We were just discussing you and me as we always do. On, I think it was on WhatsApp that day. And he said that, and I was like, for, what? Yeah. Like, for me, you're such a well-traveled person that I, I was under the impression that, of course, so you've you never been, been to, to Canada. America. I've never been to an entire flipping continent. <laughs> so, Mark, see? Mark, Mark, listen yeah. to this. Stop <laughs> teasing me. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing. I thought I'll get there eventually. Um, so I was very excited for that. And then when the Avianca tickets came through, I was like, hey, this is exciting. I've never, I've never been on Avianca. Um, nice. So what a, what a, what a super exciting what a treat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they operate out of T2. It was a Dreamliner service, um, to Bogota and we, Greg and I met up, um, at T2 and went into the plaza. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll tell you what we met in. There is a new Chinese restaurant in T2. Yeah, I think it's an extension 
Landslide or Airside? Airside, okay. I haven't been to T2 since the pandemic. Or have I? No, it I felt like a Chinese restaurant that you would see in Hong Kong airport, like legit. Okay. Um, and we met in there, had a beer and some. And you know, you know, you know your. My, you know I know my airport Chinese food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was good. It was really actually rather pleasant. I was surprised. Um, and the flight, our flight, was at I think maybe eleven thirty at night. One of the last flights to leave T two, but by ten ten p.m. nine forty five. The place is pretty much dead. Yeah. Places were... Yeah, I did once. Yeah. I remember doing, doing, doing that once pre-pandemic. I don't know where I was flying to. And like, there's no, no one. It's like a field. Do they close the airport? Am I, I, uh, am I alone? I don't... I mean, they do close it eventually. and if, But if, like the whole turn, like shutters were coming down. The only place that was left open was the Plaza Premium lounge downstairs. Yeah. And even then, like... Long before our flight, they came around saying, "Okay, fellas, last last orders because we're we're closing up." Um, yeah, I think the, the the terminals do not close, but all the shops, yeah, all, all the, the amenities exactly. close at ten, eleven, or something, and reopen at five or six, depending on where For you the, are. Or if you are T five C, never reopen. Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the funny thing is that ours was at the uh, the the terminal or the gates where you have to go under and walk. Oh, B. The, T, the T2B. Yeah. Oh, you, you walk You walk forever. around, which I, I don't mind. I kind of like doing it. And you, yeah. you know you're walking under the taxiway and all that. And so we get out there and um, they ha they were very strict on, you know, you had to have your COVID documentation and all, all of that prepared and ready to go. And we boarded. And the flight was uh, all, o all over the, um, the kind of boarding area. They had these temporary signs that said, We're so excited to be back. You know, Avianca, so excited to be. And I guess they had shut down that operation almost all their long haul for two years. And I think we were maybe in the first month of, the of, first, of yeah. operations. And we got on and, and there was a piece of printed A4 paper on everybody's seat that said, We're still ramping things back up. Um, so things are a little bit different from what you may have experienced pre-pandemic. And the woman in front of me just picks up the piece of paper and goes, reads it, and then just goes, oh, that means dinner's going to be shit. <laughs> 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 and it was, it was amusing. Um, but oh, the, 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 the flight was like maybe, I don't know, half full. I had a row of three to myself. I was very lucky. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, you know, nice kind of red, red mood lighting. The So hold on. Were you, so you were flying with Greg, but you both had like a three. I had a row of three. I think he had a seat in between him and the next person. Um, we never sit together. We never, ever sit together when we, tra when we travel together. Yeah, because enough three days is enough on the ground. That He's you don't wanna, really yeah. so done with me by the end of it. Um, <laughs> And it's funny because they weren't kidding when they said it had been stripped down because they had um, the IFE maybe had like five movies on it and there was no uh, Wi-Fi even though there was a you know an antenna uh, on it. Yeah, because it's yeah, Dreamlight. Dreamlight, there was no there was hardly any TV shows uh, anything like that. No. But you know what I I I went straight to sleep. I didn't even eat um, yeah. because it was by the time we got airborne. Yeah, we it was the night. I don't know if you remember, but there was a huge thunderstorm. Oh lunch. yeah, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, and, yeah, and of course. I had to secure stuff. Yeah, huge yeah. lightning oh. and thunder, and it went on. And Megan was messaging me saying 
there's a and we flew basically through slash over it to go we went directly west towards like you know devon and cornwall and i was like any minute now any minute now we're gonna get struck if we were in a non-composite airplane i'm very sure we would have um but it was like right next to us just is that why, because you told me yesterday, Paul, don't forget to ask me about Turbley. Oh, yes, thank you. I would have forgotten. So I always go on turbulenceforecast.com, and I have done for years. I like to look at the um, the jet streams. I like to look at where there's going to be turbulence so I can kind of plan my rest. Uh, and I also am a dork, so I just like to know that kind of thing from an <laughs> armchair pilot perspective. <laughs> You may, you may be <laughs> Sorry, he's coffee. drinking coffee. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I, um, I put it into Google, um, and this new one came. I said, Turbly.com. I said, like, what the hell is this? And I go in there. It's a very simple website, and you put in your origin airport and your destination airport, and it shows you all of the flights. That, and you say, today or tomorrow. It shows you all the flights that are operating. And you're like, oh, that one. And then it gives you a visual, like a timeline of your flight and a graph of potential turbulence throughout the flight. Oh. And it says, That's cool. light turbulence towards the end of the flight. And then it's got um, a, a graph of, uh, of your headwinds. You know, so normal headwinds yeah. on route, your flight should be on time. And it is so, A, it's accurate. And B, it's such a, because with turbulenceforecast.com, which is great, you're getting the same maps that the pilots use, which if you don't really know what you're looking for, they're very difficult to interpret. Yeah. But this is really user-friendly, really. And the guy, he is um, a, a PhD, literally, not that sort of like I'm a PhD and being a travel dork. He is a uh, he works in turbulence mo modeling and computational fluid oh, dynamics, oh, wow. and he did his doctoral thesis on on that and and writes papers wow. on okay. on um, turbulence modeling and turbulence prediction. And he, they use the NOAA, which is the National Oceanographic and something something atmospheric whatever labs the same data but they put it in a completely different and it's it's this one guy does it and i wish i think turbulenceforecast.com is as well but it's it's so uh it's so well laid out so well presented um so did you use it for that i used it for that, that flight and so you you thought that you might encounter some turbulence at the start because uh, yeah of i mean you're, you're up over to over um yeah of course for over quickly but you can get the the cumulonimbuses, which are the kind of yeah, the, the big, big fat ones, ones which generate a lot of uh, turbulence and yeah. thunderstorms. But it was, you know, it ended up, I slept most of the flight um, coming yeah, in. And, and Greg, when we landed, I said, did you eat? And he sort of looked at me like he had been abused. And I said, yeah, I, I, I did. And I, he's like, you should be very happy that you were asleep. And he, he described them as... Uh, he said, I think breakfast, he's like, it was a cheese wrap, but it was wet. Is that normal? And I said, I, I don't know, man, you've been to Columbia. I haven't. So I don't think I missed anything <laughs> on that, on that part of it. Good. But, um, well, good. We had a layover. We landed at 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. In, in Bogota. Oh, Bogota. Okay. Went through immigration. That was peace, really easy. And then you're, it's like America, you go through immigration and you have to, Oh, so then you're then domestic, domestic which makes sense because it's your first point of entry into yeah, a foreign country. Um, and the Bogota airport was 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 is new, re recently regenerated. 
International term was good. You go back through security, which was was, was easy, and into a very, very nice lounge where we uh, ended up actually inadvertently sitting next to um, a, a, a person who was also there for the same event that we were for like two and a half hours, and then out onto a another Avianca flight, an A320 to Medellin, mm-hmm. which is a 35-minute flight. It's very, very Oh, short. wow, that's, that's yeah. short. Oh wow! And it was okay. our, I think our flight was six 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 a.m. You know, standard A three twenty configuration, no IFE or anything fancy like that. Um, very friendly cabin crew, and we take off, and you it, that that airspace is so busy because people are going back and forth between Medellin and, and Colombia. Medellin yep. has two airports, so there's all that traffic and 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 cargo traffic. So you were at the which which one? We were, yeah, the we were main... at the big one, which is. Um, the other one is for much more kind of regional domestic traffic. Okay. And interestingly, as you're taxiing down the runway at, at Bogota to take off, there is a very dilapidated looking Avianca Dreamliner with engine stripped painted titles. Oh. So I don't know what the story is there. I couldn't find any information about it. And you're going past like anyone in Colombia. I, I know we yeah, have I'd love to know the story there because it didn't. Tell us, tell us. It didn't seem like a very old airplane. And you go past the Colombian National Police have a very big air force for want of a better word big you know small airplanes big airplanes so you go past that and this random collection of secondhand military airplanes that's cool and take off and we it's beautiful colombia as this country is beautiful so i'm kind of pressed to the window looking at all the jungle and the mountains and all of that and medellin itself is in a valley as is the airport so you're you're kind of coming down and hugging the the mountain, not as 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 uh, extreme as somewhere you know, like uh, um, Montevideo, Nepal. Nepal, or somewhere like that. Yeah, nothing like that. But it's like pretty intense. And we we start sinking into this cloud, and I was like, and I was like, video, Greg's like, video out the window, video out the window. So we have something to talk about for the airport segment, and it's also beautiful, and the lights amazing because it's dawn. And we're just, you know, we go into the cloud, and I was like, just about to put my phone away, and. Bam! In our seats, we go back like hard, full throttle, like pull back on the stick so everybody gets slammed. People are yelping and screaming because it was a very violent action. We must have been 300, 400 feet off the off oh. of the deck, and the pilot. I mean, they didn't. They did their you know, aviate communicate, and then whatever the other one is, where they they flew the airplane first, and we took off, and we go back up. Of course. And they obviously were not happy with what they were seeing. Couldn't see the runway or anything like that. They never actually said. And they said, um, conditions aren't right for landing here. Ordinarily, we would wait and we would just circle a couple of times, wait for this to pass and we would go back in again. But we don't have enough fuel, so we're going back to Bogota. No, wait, what? So we went back to Bogota (laughs) and... (laughs) No way! Back to Bogota. It's me it's only half an hour, right? So we might we, we could yeah, exactly. sit in the air yeah. for an hour uh, and burn fuel, but we went back. Yeah, but I mean, apparently they were expecting that it would not clear. They were expecting so. it not to clear. So they, you know, they they made whatever decision they made was wow. the right decision. And we, oh, um, wow. we went back and so of course I'm looking on the phone. And then we were the like the plane after us had to go and went around and tried again to land it, and everybody else landed. We were just incredibly unlucky. But then it got a little bit chaotic. 
because we sat there and we, I was watching planes on flight radar. Like, is any so basically you were you were sat in the plane. We landed at Bogota, sat on a remote stand. Oh, so they didn't. We didn't disembark. disembark. You just you sat there and like, oh. okay, just sit sit tight because as soon as this clears, we're gonna go. And I'm watching other planes. Like, is anybody else having a go at landing at Medellin? No, no, no. And then they started, but they'd said, oh, if anybody wants to get off, you can. What? And so they had to bring a bus <laughs> out. And then people were like, actually, yeah, I want to get off because we've been on the ground for an hour and a half now. And then, oh, of wow. course, they're like, oh, shit, we need to get your bags off, too. And then that's like, a whole yeah, well, thing. That adds another hour and a half. And like, if you want to get off, get off. And if you don't, you got to sit down. And so we have to, we then. It's rare. Usually they don't really allow you no. to do that. I've never, and I was you like, know, this is like wow. a security issue written all over it. And then they had to go through and you had to show everybody your, your boarding pass. And then they read this, the PNR over the radio to confirm or if the person was on to dispatch. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh. So eventually we tried again and it was easy. We landed at Bogota. I mean, at Medellin, I think four and a half hours late. Wow. Did a lot of people... I had, think half the plane got off. A lot of people had left? Because they had they had other places to be. Um, and that's, that's, of course, that's of course. fine. Or they just said, I'll screw it. I'll just do it tomorrow. We did not have that luxury. Um, and then Medellin, you're just, you know, it's a domestic airport for the most part, or at least the terminal that we came into. But it is, I yeah. mean... It's it is in a valley. It's a small airport um, with a very a lot of traffic because there's so many, so many new Latin American airlines or subsidiaries of Latin American airlines. There, there's a low cost war going on in that part of Latin America. Mm -hmm. But it's very you know, you 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 get out and you're airside in 90 seconds at at most. But wow. they've okay. Medellin is in this valley. And the airport is on yep. the other side of one of the mountain ranges. And so you used to have to go oh, I see. around and down the side of the mountains. All around. It took, you know, a long time. But I think a few, you know, a few years ago, not, not very long ago, they just built a tunnel right through the side of the mountain. And I think the tunnel is maybe the 30th longest in the world, which doesn't sound impressive, but you're in that thing. It feels like for freaking ever. And then you come down the side and you go down into Medellin itself. But it was, it was a, I liked, I liked Avianca uh, a lot. I think it was a pretty bare bones, you know, product offering, but it was, it was unique and it was, it was friendly. It felt uh, like an adventure for me because I'd never been to that part of the world or on, on, on that airline. And then the, you know, coming back, like I said, Medellin itself is also a very, um, newish like five six years old uh refurbishment lots of good amenities the avian we had to check in because um i was checking a bag from medellin all the way through back to london because i bought rum um <laughs> i was about to ask if you bought uh Yeah, oh, we got that a, too. A, a, yeah, a yeah. That. Because that's probably why you had that I bug know. afterwards because you drank too much. Or not enough. Getting your award. Congrats, by the way, Thank for you. your award. But uh, that's probably why you had that <laughs> <one at> the, <laughs> the one thing I will say, like we had to wait in this queue and, and every single Avianca person that we interacted with was delightful. Oh, Friendly, goodness. but then also so helpful. Not just to me, I watched them. Because I was not feeling good at this point. And the guy, like, 
already. He, you yeah, know, yeah. he's like, oh, where are you going? I said, London. He's like, this queue takes me up. And I, we were in economy. There's nothing, spe- I have no status. It was, there's nothing special. And then I watched this woman, she had her, her child with her and a heavy bag. And he's like, no, no, please let me take, which would you like me to take the baby or the luggage? Like, I'll take both if you'd like and takes her up. He's like, let me check you in in business class. He's like, but she's like, no, no, I'm economy. He's like, no, 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 please. The check-in agents, it was... That's amazing. I was so impressed. So impressed by that. That's oh, amazing. It was just really, really kind. They were all pretty young. They kind of stood out at me. They're all in these bright red uniforms. Security line was yeah. hundreds of people deep, but went really quickly. The lounge was... there was You know, you're mixed in. It was all domestic, so the people are going all over the place. The lounge was was small but comfortable and had a great view of the apron all these planes you know from all over military um civilian and everything in between and then when you you take off towards the mountains that separate the airport from this from the city and there was this wall of cumulonimbus clouds and so you go up and hard right and a simple easy beautiful light because it was the right time of day and then i think we had not very long in, in Bogota, um, but that transition was simple because you were already airside, um, had some arepa and beer in the lounge, and I, I, again, slept the whole way back. I actually upgraded myself. Bogota Airport is, is, is big, and the LATAM lounge... Did you have any access to lounges? Yes, with, with Priority uh, Pass, I had priority pass? access yeah. to a few third-party lounges, as well as the LATAM lounge, which was huge, and the Avianca lounge. So Greg and I went into the Avianca. Okay. Oh yeah, but you just I upgraded you, myself because I was feeling yourself so wretched. How was so I was wretched. feeling so bad I just had to sleep on the flight. So uh-huh. I was like, I don't really care what it costs. It wasn't bad. Um and it's it was a, the the business class experience um on Avianca was it was very similar to like an American Airlines. It's the um okay. yeah. the herringbone feet under the seat, the mm-hmm. standard business class experience. Um nice big screen. Uh, very comfortable and, and nice amenity kit, um, but I was asleep before takeoff, and slept. Well, good for you because you were I not feeling great. I slept the whole so. flipping way. Honestly, I think only once in my life I flew being sick. It's it the is. worst. And at possible. least it was on a Dreamliner, where so the cabin humidity was was greater and the and the pressure altitude was lower. The the crew. And you want to, sorry to be a bit graphic, but you also want to, this is why you want to, so you want to upgrade yourself if you can, and thank God you were able to, for the comfort uh, of having a bigger seat, but also for the ratio of people, yes. toilet. Because yeah, no, you're absolutely you know right. You have faster access if you're and really the flight sick. was full. I would have toughed it out maybe if I had a seat next to me and I could have got some rest, but I was just, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever felt that bad in my life. And I was like, I just need to do this. Yeah, you were And telling. the crew were great. You know, they, they left... And that was that was that was that was some kind I of weird no bug, right? Some, I still don't. Yeah. It was not it wasn't COVID. COVID. Guys. No, I, I tested negative the whole time. But the crew noticed. Like I woke up maybe top of descent, and they're like, "Hey, you haven't eaten anything all flight. Is there anything that we can get you? Would you like us to put a fruit bowl together?" And I just said, a "Cup of coffee, which would be would be great." The coffee, incidentally, you would expect Black. to be amazing on a Colombian airline was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee in Colombia, interestingly, also horrible. Because our, what? our, oh. our um, we went on a food tour for the episode and the guy said, it was just yeah. like him, me and Greg and this guy. And he said, we export all the Primo stuff. Yeah. So we get left with the it's drag. The case, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't, and I was like, why? I don't want to be rude, but 
I thought I would have good coffee here. He's like, mm, mm, mm. no, no. Well, there's a lot of other. I mean, I don't think the episode is out. No, not I haven't yet. checked YouTube, but I don't think you. Yeah, okay. So I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff that uh, you don't that besides coffee that makes it. I mean, uh, um, my brother-in-law just basically brought me that coffee from Cafe Nero. Perfect timing. Um, uh, went to did a lo huge tour in South America. Uh, including including Colombia and Medellin, and he was telling me the stories how oh. cool it is. So there's much more to discover and to, yeah, to enjoy. I, I mean, I we're not going to spoil it. Whenever the episode comes out, guys, subscribe to Attaché on YouTube. And how do they do? You don't do that, but you like subscribe and then like yeah, press smash that like button, bell, yeah. so you oh, get the notifications. Yeah, that that one is actually <laughs> useful for people like me. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't. I don't. I, I'm subscribed to probably. Oh like yeah, 10 I don't. I, I probably it because I don't really go on YouTube and and I mean I do, but like randomly. So uh, I think I am on yours. You're you're my only kind of notification, I guess, because otherwise I'm like I don't want to hear yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, I'm the same so, way. It helps me as a creator for sure when people do the notifications thing, but the rest of it is not so much. Yeah, but um, so there was. A, but did you I like it? Did you, did you enjoy? Without spoiling the episode, did you? No, enjoy Medellin it? was great. Um, really, really interesting experience, um, and I, I'm looking forward. Greg had been there before, so he he had an idea of what to expect, but I I didn't. So it was a very exciting feeling of arriving, not just in a new in a new country or city, but in a new continent. And there's only a handful of times where you get to you'll experience be, you'll be you'll be going oh, back sure. trust yeah, me yeah. you have to you have to do brazil argentina you have to do yeah yeah Chile, absolutely. uruguay so much so to do down there be done, man. you have like a whole <laughs> life ahead of you to do more attache episodes in cities exactly. there i'll, I'll help you out whichever you want but it's a night so well more more than two hours so i think we're gonna close that soon um i don't know guys i don't know if we're gonna record another one before uh, alex flies to us maybe maybe not uh we'll try to because i got a lot of messages can you release more often well if, if, covid notwithstanding we would have um so we'll try to do another one but otherwise when you when yeah. you're in the us uh we'll figure it out and uh i had so many other things about it so i didn't mention of course my flights to corsica i'll do it maybe the next but for, for, honestly pakistan probably is going to be the next yeah, because about this. it requires there's <laughs> i mean it was Flying there, but especially flying domestic uh, on Pakistan Airways (PIA) was an adventure of its in, in itself. It. And I, I'm still, I'm still thinking about some of the stuff I want to describe about how I want to describe them because some of the stuff was really out. It was great, but the whole the, the top line for it was an amazing. I had an amazing time, even though it was 49 degrees and above what a human body can actually sustain. I mean, climate change is clearly here. Besides that, it was amazing. So probably the next one will going to be about that. Uh, I still have a lot of backlog of stuff that we pre-pandemic I wanted to do maybe at some point Hong Kong and my flight with Cathay um, uh, Pacific. Maybe the next one as well. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle because I don't have. A lot of flights this summer, and like Alex, he goes to the US, and maybe he'll gonna do a few domestic. They'll be telling us about, telling us all about. I probably won't fly a lot because I kind of don't want to deal with yeah. the chaos. And to be honest, as you guys, for the long listeners, because we have a lot of new ones, I usually never travel during the summer because I want to enjoy London when it's actually sunny, which is rare enough. <laughs> Saying that, it's actually raining now, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> But, but it's, it's nice. It's more than 20 degrees. It's actually nice. But And, and so my, my garden, my my grass will stop being maybe yellow. It will go back to a little bit of green with that <laughs> rain. Anyway, Alex, thank you so much. I hope um, 
Uh, I hope everybody feels fine. I hope you, you guys don't catch COVID and you keep flying. And uh, see That's you in the next one. Guys. Oh, music. music. God damn it. Maestro. Music. There, uh, end credit. Here you go. So which one now we can uh, talk over it. Uh, we don't have anything. That's a problem. Alex and now we have uh, this time limit. After two hours, we don't have anything else to say <laughs> to each other. It's a bit like Greg and him in the, in the flight. They avoid each other for the entire flight, so they have stuff to say when they land. So Alex and I, we that's why we don't record more. We're not stuck because then after two hours, I'm like, ah, who is that guy? I don't have anything to tell him anymore. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was fun to see you again, yeah, Alex. Too. Glad you're feeling better. We have another... What? I don't... Of course, that shows how unprepared I was. I, I, I don't have the signal telling me how much time it remains in the end credits. Well, just wait. <laughs> Guys, see you in the next episode, whatever that is. And thank you for all your comments. Keep sending us reviews and comments. Love you guys. Happy travels. There you go. <laughs>